welcome to the 326th episode of the So Video Games Podcast, where we talk about any game at all, including new stuff, old stuff, and anything in between. If we are playing it, we'll be talking about it. Today, we are recording on March 5th, 2023, and yes, I did need to check. My name is Brad Galloway, I'm the editor of GameCritics.com, and I'm also 50% of this here show. With me is the man who is over it, Carlos Rodella. I'm over it. I'm over the whole thing. I'm over video games. This episode causes over video games too. Let's go. This is going to be an episode, folks. Uh, so Carlos <laughs> is over games. I'm, I'm over, over everything else. I think we're all over everything. Although I do feel better prepared than we were last week, so that's... At least what we got going for us. Um, good slate of games. Talk about some good discussion. It's going to be a good show. It's going to be a good show. Um, before, though, we get into the housekeeping and before we get into our usual slate of stuff, I just wanted to personally just take a minute. Um, I know that a lot of people come to the show as their oasis away from the world. I know that this show is their their safe place or their haven, their entertainment, their smiles. And that's cool. We're going to do that. It's going to be a fun show. But I do want to just take a minute to acknowledge... Um, that trans people are having a really rough go of things right now. And I wanted to just be really clear and vocal and say that, you know, me personally, this show, GameCritics.com, my family, we are all 100% in favor and support of trans people and trans rights and whatever it takes to make sure that they stay safe and healthy and happy in America is what we're committed to. Um, you know, there's a lot of bad stuff going down. Republicans are up to a lot, a lot of uh, uh, legislation trying to make its way through Congress and the Senate and different state legislatures and such. Um, a lot of bad stuff, a lot of bad stuff. But I wanted to just take this minute to say there are people out there who love trans people. There are people who care. Um, you know, I am not trans myself, but, you know, I am someone who works with them, is friends with them. I have trans family members. And even if I didn't, it wouldn't matter because I still want to stand up for people, whoever they are, and their right to be safe and healthy and happy and to live the way that they want. So yep. I'm going to keep it short. I just want to let everybody listening know whether you're trans or not, but definitely, especially if you're trans, we care, we give a shit, we're here for you, and we are on your side, for sure. 100%. Totally agree on all that. Um, also have a lot of trans friends, and yeah, I just feel like my marginalized groups get screwed so many times, and it sucks, uh, especially in this country, like you said. Uh, and legislation going through to continually like mess with people uh, is wrong. So I definitely support everything you said and support trans people and everything. So, yes, that is 100% a so video games uh, guarantee that we are in support. Absolutely. Let there be no confusion, no doubt. We are 100% on the side of trans people. Full stop. That's it. Okay, with that out of the way, um, let's get to the show. Uh, I guess let's start off with some housekeeping since that's what we always do. I suppose we should probably do that today. Let's do... uh, a virtual living space divided down the middle with a strip of duct tape. I'm on one side, Carlos on the other. That's right. It's housekeeping. Carlos, what do you got this week, sir? Well, um, and by the way, my vitriol and anger towards games will come later. Just okay. so. Keep it in the I, back I, pocket. Yeah, I foreshadowed that in the beginning. Got everybody in. It was clickbait is what that was. <laughs> or like <laughs> audio clickbait. Audio clickbait. Yeah. Gotcha. Audio bait. Um, that sounds bad. So anywho... <laughs> Elden Ring DLC announcement. Did you see that? Oh, yeah. I saw that. I forget. It's like Shadow of the Erd Tree or something like that. Yeah. And also not much of anything to talk about. It's no. like a picture. Um, but the it's picture like was the, a woman on a horse. Hey, there's DLC. Like, we all knew it wasn't coming. I mean, you guys sold like 50 bajillion copies. Of course, there was going to be a DLC. Yeah. And uh, the, the tree in the distance, though, people were pointing out that it looks hurt. And I think 
I can't even remember that game now, but I think the ending without minor spoiler is that you're helping the tree, right? Like be uh, be better. Uh, no, wasn't the tree evil? Oh, that's right. No, then the tree like there was all the burning thing. Anyways, I, I mean, real talk, dude. I finished that game. I know you finished the game, and don't ask me to explain everything because honestly, I don't think that I could. That's true. You know what? Even if the tree was like saying, "Hey, remember the thing about the goblin and the witch spirit," I'd be like, "No, I don't." I don't remember any of that. No. Okay. So I got a couple issues with this DLC, Carlos. I've already got issues. This DLC isn't even out. Okay. So, okay. So issue number one, FromSoft does not have a great track record with DLC. And what I mean by that is historically, hopefully this is different, but historically they usually get good on the DLC. Now there has been cool stuff. There's been cool environments and cool characters i mean i'm not saying it's all bad but they usually jack the difficulty way up for the Mm. dlc which is what i'm really concerned about which is related to my second issue uh i don't know about you but i finished elden ring a while ago and i haven't touched it since and i'm afraid that when we get this dlc not only will i not remember the buttons i won't remember (laughs) what i'm doing i won't remember what my character build is and i'm afraid that the dlc is going to be their typical post-game stuff where they think people are looking for even more of a challenge. And I'm afraid I'm going to hit that wall real hard. You know what I'm saying? Dude, I do know what you're saying. You just made me... Okay, now we are back in vitriol then. (laughs) Housekeeping is going to include it. Starting early. I'm I'm over difficult games. You know, both of us are. Like, again, there's an interesting thing about how you, you specifically brought me over to Souls games and Elden Ring as well. But again, the things I liked about Other Ring was that I could do it different ways and not the way Lots that... of options, and it was open, and there was freedom. That's what I love yeah. about those games, and the ones that take away that stuff are the ones I like the least. Right. So, the the yeah. corridors in Demon's Souls or whatever, where I would just eat shit all the time, is not fun. <laughs> so, yeah, I think that that's a problem. I mean, a lot of it in the beginning I thought was going to be just the PvP stuff, because those yeah. arenas are going to open up, and I'm not going to take part do, of I thought that. they did that already. Is it not already out? Or oh, is wait, it? maybe did they already do that? I think it is out, but to be honest, I didn't give a shit, and I never even bothered oh. to check because I don't play PvP in that game. Are you crazy? No way. Yeah, I wouldn't either. I mean, that's the thing we hated. You know, you specifically hated because you oh, and your wife yeah, are trying yeah. to finish the game. Yeah, we got fucked so many times with invaders, and then people who do PvP. I mean, no offense if you like PvP, because I know that some people like it, but man, a lot of them are just like grind heavy tryhards, and I just I don't live a lifestyle that lets me compete with them. Like I just I am their fodder, I am their <laughs> yeah. easy kill, and that is not fun for me. Yeah, I know. I watch some, um, I won't name names, but YouTubers who like, that's their fun thing they do. They just like, you know, go kill people for fun. Yeah. Anyways, um, so yeah, I don't, I'm, I'm afraid too because of a game we'll talk about later in the episode, at the end of the episode. Yeah. I just, you know, not only do I have to like get good in my own, like, how do I hit the buttons right? But then like you said, when you leave a game for a while... Even if it's an easy game. Oh, yeah, dude. You, you know, forget it. You just forget everything, yeah. man. You're out of the moment. Like Far Cry, for example. Far Cry has like eight buttons. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And like I love the shit out of that game. And at the end of Far Cry 6, I was the master of Far Cry 6. Now, I don't know what to do. I know it's sliding. That's yeah. about it. Well, it's like, you know, it's like uh, my wife is playing um, Death Stranding right now. And I love Death Stranding. It's one of my favorite games of all time. And I'm sitting there watching her play it. And she's like, oh, how do you do this? I'm like shit i don't know she's like didn't you beat this i'm like yeah but that was like a year ago or two years ago or whatever it was well what button do you do to pick up the box like well i don't know hold on let me google it so i'm a real afraid that developers especially from soft and just in general they kind of assume oh you must have literally just finished our main game so of course we're going to get you right into the dlc nah bro it's been like two years so i need hopefully it's not going to be a brick wall we'll see 
Well, we'll see. Um, the other thing I was going to mention, just a, a small little thing. I like mentioning indie developers all the time. And I watch this YouTube channel, and I just saw a new updated video from him. It brings up a cool tangent as well I want to bring Who up. Who was it? His name is DevDuck. The YouTube uh, channel is DevDuck, D-E-V D- Duck. D-E-V, okay. No, okay. Uh, and he's making a fishing game called Dauphin, but it's spelled D-A-U-P-H-I-N. Like the French prince? Yes. I wouldn't know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what Dolphin is. It's a, yeah, it's a whole history thing. Whatever. Move on. Um, anyways, anyway, so he's he's been doing these developer diaries, which I love watching. Of uh, you know, making this game and like watching the fishing mechanics like start up, and then you know now they're like finished pretty much. And anyways, he made a update video. Definitely check his stuff out. If you, especially if you're an inspiring game developer, I like watching other people. You know what they the pitfalls they go through, etc. And then secondly, he in his video he was like, "Yeah, I've been away for a while because uh, my job is like like a lot right now." And I totally related to this because I just started, you know, back at a full time job as well. Yeah, yeah. And I have all these creative endeavors outside of work, and it's sometimes you just have to one of them has to give, you know. There's and only in, so many hours in the day, brother. Right, and in general, it's not going to be the full time gig, so it's your creative stuff. So he yep. didn't do a video for a while, and he said he was just trying to reclaim his time. And like just do regular stuff. Um, so I just thought that was like very fitting because we talk about that stuff all the time and very helpful for him because, you know, I'm excited that he's working back on his game now. But yeah, that's kind of a double tangent there. No, it's rough. You know, I was actually just talking to um, uh, Jelly Eyed Kraken, who is probably my number one most favorite person on Instagram. Uh, he does the Merman at Home, um, you know, I guess web series, I guess you would call it, or maybe mm-hmm. photo series or something. I love it. I am his number one fan, or her. I don't know if it's a man or woman, I'm, I'm assuming, which is bad. It could be any any type of person. But I'm a big fan of theirs, and they just recently took a break. And they were just off social media for like four or five days, which is unusual, because they usually post at least like six days a week, right? And, um, you know, they came back, and they were like, oh, you know, I just lost my mojo for a minute my stride broke and i'm sorry and i'm like i'm like man like don't apologize like creating content being creative making anything especially like on a schedule um and having it be good stuff is like so hard and so impossible and people just don't if you don't make stuff on a regular basis you don't know how hard it is to like every night produce something and make something and every day like you know write a review or even for this fucking show where I needed to come up with a new opening line every week. It's like it's like one line per week. And I struggle to even come up with that because yeah, fucking full plate with other shit. But like, you know, doing being a YouTuber or being anything like it's it's really draining and it really is tougher than people think it is. So, oh, yeah, if you got to take a break, if you need to, like, take care of yourself, please do that. And especially if you've got a job on top of your other gig. I mean, you got to get your bills paid. You got to make food. And sometimes the creative thing just needs to go on hold sometimes. And that's why I bring it up because it literally happened to me. I was like listening to this guy going like, yeah, yeah, I know what you're feeling like right now. Because by the way, I think I mentioned it before, but my gig at Twitch is is pretty rad. And so I spend sometimes, you know, a full day on like 7 or 8 p.m. at night because we're doing a live show. Uh, And the weekend, like yesterday was Saturday. And today, I don't think I'm doing anything today, but yesterday I did some work. And so, yeah, it just takes a backseat. But the other thing I bring up is it's kind of from what you said. Like I do TikTok comedy content. I'm coming up with this new series that I'm working on, which is more of like a talk show on TikTok. Um, but yeah, like instead of like rushing rushing to get it out, the algorithm doesn't give a shit about you. Right. Even, even though you think it, it cares that you are, are, you know, posting content every single day. And then secondly, as a news article just came out, a bunch of people at TikTok specifically are what they call heating videos, which means they're manually 
uh, boosting videos. So you got no oh, fucking yeah. shot, dude. Yeah, like, yeah, I read about that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's like don't try to 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 feed content for the systems because they don't give a shit. And if anything, they're working sometimes against you um, because you know they're they're boosting other people. Yeah, it's stuff. rigged, man. It's rigged. So. Yeah, uh, the whole the, the, this episode could be called "The Game Is Rigged" because so much stuff is rigged. That's for fucking. But sure. um, but then again, you find the time you can have right. You get your own uh, moment to to feel like inspiration or something, and then make something. Um, so anyways, that's a tangent on a tangent. Also check out dev duck on YouTube and other YouTubers who are making games because, uh, they love the support as they make stuff. Um, for sure. sure. And then also lastly, uh, what was my lastly? I don't know. Um, I'm going through notes, going through notes. I don't have another one. Do you have a housekeeping? You say housekeeping, and I'll, yeah, I, I might have one stuff. more. Okay. Um, let me start off with the egg report. Today is an unusual day uh, because it was really dark here yesterday. And I, and I haven't mentioned this before, but chickens are really, really sensitive to light. I didn't know that until I had chickens, and that's like the number one factor in their laying of eggs. So um, it was really dark yesterday, so all the ladies kind of like partially shut down. And today is really, really sunny, uh, but it didn't get sunny for a couple hours. So zero eggs this morning, which is a bummer. Zero. But I'm expecting at least five or six this afternoon, I would hope. So we'll see what happens. Um, But yeah, if it's dark, that egg, those egg spigots just shut right off, man. It's it's, it's kind of weird. Interesting. I wonder if it's like danger or something. I don't know. I don't know. Something about the hormones that get triggered when they're in light. So like if you ever look at like an industrial chicken... Um, factory number one it's depressing as fuck but number two they've got bright ass lights on 24 7 so the chickens are always in like the highest hormone mode and they're always like like everyone lays one per day which is like a chicken's max so they just they run them to death like that but we do it natural here but on those gray days boy it's uh we're not having any breakfast that day we're just gonna skip straight to lunch i guess no eggs no eggs now by the way you just remind me of another negative thing this might be called a negative episode well, no, I don't want I don't want those chickens in those places. I know, right? Yeah, like I want gross. them all freed immediately. Like, it's yeah. real ridiculous that that happens. Still, yeah. I mean, I know why it does because of the food production system in this <clears throat> country slash the world where everybody wants all the food exactly how they want it, right when they want yeah. it in a package, but. Well, gosh, you know, I've, I've seen other ways to do it, though, right? Like, there are other ways. I've seen um, people who have these big plots of land, which is really inspiring to me. Like they got trees and little land. They let the chickens just live out there. Right. And the, they have like guard dogs or they have lights. They have like precautions to stop predators. Um, but in general, they like, they bolt these little egg, uh, egg catcher things to the sides of trees and the chickens fly up there and they lay their eggs in there. And the rest of the day, they just run around and do chicken stuff. I mean, it's possible yeah. to do this kind of thing. And I'm, t- I'm not talking like 10, 15 chickens. I'm talking like a thousand chickens or whatever, right? So like it's like this, an army of chickens. I'm sure you've seen like the the Instagram videos of the people like leading an army of chickens. It's really funny. But um, there are better ways to do it if we would, number one, would be willing to do it that way. And also number two, if you're willing to like you know, maybe put up with a little inconvenience. Maybe you got to buy six eggs instead of 12 that day at the store. Or, you know, like if we just kind of worked with the earth instead of like making it do what we want all the time, maybe Dude, it'd be, you know, a little bit better. That's, you just said exactly what I want. I always want less eggs. Are you kidding me? I'll tell you why. I don't know if anybody else can understand this, but I always want like a certain amount of eggs to make a thing. Like I make spinach quiche, which yeah, yeah, yeah. I might make tonight, actually. It's good. Um, and... I need, only need two eggs for that, by the way. And so if I do that and then maybe have some eggs for breakfast, I'll only need four or five eggs. 
Yeah. And like, I don't want to buy more than that. So I always buy those half carton things. Oh, sure. So you see, that would be totally fine. That would totally work out for you. Now, yeah. us, we've got 12 chickens. So we give a lot of eggs away, right? Like we give some of our neighbors, gave a dozen yesterday, gave a dozen to my other neighbor. And then we got plenty left over. I mean, we got more than we can eat right now because it's the light's back. But uh, Dude, I need to move near you so I can get some of those eggs. <laughs> some of the eggs, yeah. Because <laughs> I don't think you're going to send them in the post. Nah, they wouldn't last. I tried before. It's a mess. Yeah, it's really All right. Chicken anyway, cast egg over. report. Uh, okay, so let me, man, okay, I, number one, I need to start off with an apology here to the Funhole Company, F-U-N-W-H-O-L-E, that is a very interesting and slightly humorously named company. Uh, I don't know if you remember this, Carlos, but we talked about Funhole a while ago. I want to say it was maybe November, maybe December, Okay. Uh, maybe even earlier than that, but what happened was... Uh, they reached out to us at Game Critics, and every once in a while, we'll get people who reach out to us about stuff that's not games. You know, like, we have a pretty good following, um, and they're like, oh, we want, you know, our thing to be featured at Game Critics. And, you know, usually I say no, but sometimes there's something that f- fun that comes through. Maybe there's a gaming chair. Maybe there's a weird mouse pad or something. Uh, but these people had a a building brick toy set, which is very like a Lego set. It's not a Lego set. Uh, no copyright infringement there, but it's very similar to a Lego set. And I'm like, oh, you know... Uh, my wife loves Legos, and they want to send us a sample. So, I mean, okay, sure, I'll, I'll talk about it on the podcast. And we did. You remember we talked about this on the podcast a while ago? Not like at the Lego all. Set? I'm sorry. I apologize, Fun Hole. I have That's no fun. idea okay. what you're talking about. So here's what happened. We talked about this uh, when they sent the box. They sent a big box uh, of Legos, and I'll tell you exactly the one that it was. It was the Lakeside Lodge from Fun Hole. If you go to funhole.com slash products slash Fun hole dash lakeside dash lodge slash building set. Oh my goodness. You'll find it. Okay. It's great. It's like a, a cabin and there's like a fishing pole and a fish and water and little plants, green roof. It's a really cool set. If you like Legos, I guarantee you're going to like this set. So what happened was they sent it to me. I gave it to the wife. She's like, this is rad. She started putting together. Um, and I took some notes. We talked about what she thought about it. And in general, she liked it. She thought it was a really cool set. It was nice to have a Lego alternative. Uh, There were some problems with the instruction book. Some of the instructions were not super clear, and especially where some of the bricks had different colors. It was hard to tell, like, what was a gray and what was a brown, so that was a little bit of a problem. And also, I don't know what the Lego special sauce is, but if you buy anything that's not a Lego set, you'll notice that the bricks always have a little bit of struggle putting together. They don't snap together quite as well as Lego does. Mm -hmm. I don't know what their fucking secret is. Who knows? But it doesn't matter if you're buying Duplo or Mega Bloks or whatever. There's always a slight issue with getting blocked but that's 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 anything non-lego right so in general she thought this was a really cool set she had a lot of fun with it i brought it to the show i said literally all those same things and i'm like thank you very much fun hole for sending this everybody listening please check out the fun hole website check out this lakeside lodge i got other sites it's great and then like a jackass i forgot to send him the link so we we published the show and we went about our lives right Whatever. We just kept doing shows. It's probably been 50 episodes since then. Mm-hmm. And then the PR lady from Funhole reaches out and she's like, hey, Brad, what happened? I sent you that box. I never heard back. And I'm like, fuck, I forgot to send him the link. And I we don't write show notes that detailed, right? We don't rock, talk about what we have in housekeeping. Oh, so, so I, you can't find the episode? I went back to the ep- I'm like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. I absolutely, we talked about this and I meant to send you the link. It must have been on a day when I was losing my mind with work. I'm so sorry. And I went back to the shows. I went through one by one, and God damn it, I could not find it. And so, so you just said it talk- just now. I just said it just now because I go. couldn't find it back then. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I really apologize. So, um, again, formal and most heartfelt apologies to the Funhole Company. 
Uh, I thought their Lakeside Lodge was great. My wife really enjoyed it. Thank you very much for sending it. We did talk about it before, I swear. I just couldn't find the episode, and I'm so sorry. But we are talking about it now, and I want everybody to listen to please go check out their website. And be aware that Fun Hole is out there in the world. And if you want a Lego alternative, there it is. Check Fun it Hole. out. Check it out. Please check it out. And again, so sorry. Um, okay. Uh, did you remember your thing or no? No, I got nothing else. Let's go. Okay, I got two more things. Oh, you got two um, more things. Two, just a heads up that uh, a game called Iris and the Giant just came out on PlayStation and Xbox. Uh, we talked about it here on the show a while ago, Carlos. Do you remember? I do, and I remember seeing pictures of it, uh, and I forgot that it was coming out so soon, so I should check it out. I saw that you liked it, I think. Yeah, I loved it. I played it on the Switch, and it's great on the Switch. Uh, it's also on PC back then, and then they just released PlayStation Xbox, I think, two days ago, so really, really recently. Okay. Uh, but this is a roguelike deck builder uh, that has very abstract stylized art it looks amazing it looks like a little like an art deco piece or something um and bright colors primary colors simple shapes it looks really wonderful um but the the real killer thing is there's a really neat upgrade system which i'm not going to get into now but also uh there's a story it's a story about a girl who has a lot of self-esteem issues and that comes out in the gameplay so a lot of the theme of the cards and a lot of the bosses and about how you manage things is all kind of tied into her story. And I believe the development team was like only like one or two people. Like it was a pretty small jam. But I mean, it was great. I loved it so much. It was one of my very rare 10 out of 10 games. It was a perfect game. Holy crap, Ola. It was really good. I, I give those out, as I've said before, an average of once every four years. So that was a very, very good game. I loved it. Uh, finished it. I thought it was fantastic. And if you want a roguelike deck builder, I'm thinking perhaps of Greg Killmaster, the Killmaster. I know he's on a roguelike uh, trip these days, so maybe he wants to check that one out. Anybody else that likes a good roguelike deck builder? This one is really something special. I really like this one a lot, and I definitely recommend anybody who, who likes the roguelikes like me or the deck builders. Definitely worth your time. Check it out for sure. Check it out. Check that out. The very last thing I want to mention... Uh, is that if you want a little bit more from yours truly, I will be doing the Logitech Adaptive Esports program tomorrow, uh, put on by Logitech G and a host of sponsors. We're going to be celebrating Rocket League and all of the contestants that just finished their recent season tournament. Um, I think it's kind of like an award show, wrap-up show, interview show. Uh, so I will be on that. You can see it. I don't have the link, but if you can Google you know, the Logitech Adaptive Esports show. It'll be up tomorrow after 6 p.m. It'll be a live uh, broadcast. And if you want to see your man doing his thing that he does when he's not doing this show, uh, that's where I'll be. Check it out again. Check it out again. So I, I guess it depends when you're hearing this, but if you're hearing this after the fact, you can just Google it. It'll They'll save it. It'll be on YouTube. It'll so. still be there. There you go. And that's all I've got for housekeeping and nothing else from you, Carlos. Nope. Let's close it up. But before, I guess we'll close the door. And then also I'll tell you something on the way to the podcast, which mm-hmm. I've just like made it a physical manifestation we of what we do. We have to walk to the other room now. Yeah. We have to walk to the other room. We've never talked about that, but I guess that's what we do do because we have to close the door yeah. to that yeah. house because, you know, yeah. we're not in there anymore. Anyways, on our way, uh, now we're walking, make the walking sounds to the podcast. Um, I forgot that I had another game. <laughs> Oh, you do? Yeah, and it's a pretty big one, and I don't know how I forgot it. Okay, um, we'll, uh, we'll talk about it at so the end. It could be a mystery game and the very last thing. And uh, uh, Yeah, okay, all right. Just Let's, stick it uh, at the end. It's nothing... A mystery game, okay. Just a mystery game. and I it's, Mystery game. It's okay. one of the only games that might make me not over video games, because right now, again, foreshadowing, I'm over them. 
All right, fair enough. We'll have one, I guess. We just now have added a mystery game to the end of the show. Got it. Okay. Let's well, go. that's at the end. We are now at the beginning. Let's talk uh, about games, and let's talk about Destiny Lightbringer. Um, you mentioned you kind of went back to Destiny after seeing it on the PlayStation whatever show that they did like last yeah. week or the week before. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess you, I don't know, went back to it, been playing it, or maybe you fell out of it. Like, what's going on with Destiny, Carlos? Yeah, and I know you have a tangent on it as well. It's very um, slight, very slight. But basically, I went back to Destiny 2 before uh, Lightbringer, just kind of like play through the Witch Queen and do some things that I know. And Lightbringer's like, their new, what, expansion? The new DLC slash expansion. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Thank you. And um, so anyways, I went to go back uh, to just kind of like play it for a while, uh, remember the shooting and stuff, the things I liked, the things I didn't like. Uh, I think I mentioned it like a couple episodes ago, but I hate the slide. The slide is fucking garbage, and I don't know how it could be so garbage for such um, a big game. I think you're... Um, idea was that they don't want to change it because everybody else is used to it um just a theory yeah maybe yeah i don't i still don't like that theory because they should just change it because it'd make it better for all uh who doesn't like sliding down with physics and gravity down a hill who doesn't if you don't you know you're not my friend how about that wow that's drawing a line that is actually drawing a line if you if you don't like sliding down a hill with physics and gravity in a game you're not my friend yikes okay wow i mean woof it's I'm pretty have easy to do some some soul searching, I guess. Wait, do you not? I don't know. I don't know if I do. Now I'm nervous. Have maybe you I done don't. it before? I'm not sure that I have. Maybe I have. Well, maybe I haven't. Okay, so you you're out of the. Uh, no, I'm TBD. I'm TBD. No, you're TBD, but you're not like out of my friend zone because like you haven't done it yet. See what I'm saying? Maybe. So maybe you got to go. Okay, do you have do you have Far Cry by the way? Maybe I'm suppressing negative memories of rolling down a hill with gravity. Oh, as as a kid, and as you, a kid, maybe maybe I had a bad experience. End. I can't remember it now. You hit your head in a stone, and you're maybe. like, maybe I, I never want to stone. slide down a hill again. <laughs> Funny story. Maybe that's my, where the scar on my forehead came from. I don't know. Funny story. My brother once, you know, remember Big Wheels? Oh yeah, of course. This is an old person talk. You, I don't know if you kids have them. Anymore. Google it, kids. Google it. But there was like a uh, I don't want to say Fisher Price, but some sort of like toy company that made these like. I guess it's not a motorcycle, but it's like a tricycle, but plastic. It is. It's a tricycle with a big fucking front tire. Yeah. And so anyways, we would have this hill and I would push him down it, even though it was a hill, I'd push him down it to get speed. Because when you're kids and especially boys, um, well, I don't even know, maybe a ton of, you know, girls did this too, but like we would push each other to go faster, you know, always faster, faster, faster. Oh, sure. Speed. Yeah. Speed for some reason. Um, we We could take that apart. That's a whole philosophical thing anyways i i did this one time he was flying and he was like so excited and happy and there was there was cars at the bottom of that hill oh, jesus and so he flew because he was small enough i guess he flew and hit the car and went under it like, like parked or was it moving it was parked oh okay and so he like, like slid like- and he was trying to stop and he couldn't so he literally almost like essentially went under the car <laughs> i think hit his head yeah oh anyways uh, what was I talking about? Is Sliding. He okay? He's fine. Okay. I, mean, I realized this was probably 30 years ago. That was many years ago. Yeah. I needed to know if he was okay. Yeah, he's okay. Okay. Um, it was a flesh wound. Are um, there now big wheels in Destiny? Because that might get me to come back. I know. You know what? I wish there were. DLC. So anyways, I played it for a while. I like the shooting. I don't like the sliding. But I do like the shooting. It's good. I mean, that's why it's it's gained such a popularity from Destiny 1. Like, it's just fun to play um, there's that, what's it called? Dopamine rush that you get. Sure. Um, they do a really, I think they do a really good job to say some positives about <laughs> making like the lesser monsters easy enough that you can, you know, solo and just kind of fuck around for a while. 
and yeah. you don't feel like, oh, I've got to get a, a party of friends or I have to join randos. You can just kind of go have fun and do a bunch of missions and not have to worry about it. So I think that was really good. And secondly, another positive in the episode that I hate games is that Lightbringer um, well, it's two positives. One, the, the graphics are awesome because it almost reminds me of cyberpunk. It's very neon and synth wavy and stuff. Uh, if you know what that is, like vaporware. Oh, uh, sure. Oh, yeah. sure. It's and music. so, yeah, and it looks just really cool and it's just a cool world and you meet these really weird characters when you get to this world. Um, wh- they're like wearing half clothes and they're all metal clothes and they're like 18 feet tall and Anyways, it's just a weird world, and I kind of like... I wasn't expecting it to be kind of a weird synth world. Uh, And then secondly, they give you pretty much the whole free campaign of Lightbringer before you have to pay. So you can do like a ton and be introduced to the story and then get to the hub world. I don't know how many other MMOs do that. Like, there's free MMOs, but the ones that you, you know, you have to buy the expansion. Sure. Um... I guess ESO does it too, but like this one, I just I didn't expect to be playing Lightbringer because I, I didn't want to buy it. But when you go in, it automatically upgrades all your weapons. So I think last time I talked to you, I had like I started fourteen hundred or whatever or thirteen hundred, you know, power. I was getting into the mid fourteen hundreds or something already. They just bump you to sixteen hundred, so they just go, okay, you're with the we're, you're with all of us now. Sure, sure, right. And so by them doing that and giving you the free campaign of the dlc it's a real good way in you know what i mean right like right. they're like they're like just buttering you up and throwing you down a chute i don't know i mean I, this all sounds fine you're sliding down the buttered chute is is always a good time yeah but like is, is there a butt coming is there or is this just like good times yeah i guess the well the butt was that i didn't want to buy anything okay and of course you had to buy you know the dlc so i didn't didn't do that um I guess I just got a little frustrated because even at the end of that campaign, it was just a lot of the same. Like, I don't think I've been doing anything different in Destiny since Destiny 1. Right. Which is make the meters go down. Make the meters go down. The health meters, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then your numbers go up. And your numbers go up. And then that's what I was doing. I I liked the world a lot. Like I said, it looked cool. And I liked the characters I met. But every time I got to a new area, it was like, okay, here comes a fuck ton of people. Go do your thing you do. Um, so I don't know. Oh, I will say another positive, though. Fuck, maybe okay. I, this isn't a negative episode. They give you some special powers. Again, they're trying to upsell you. They give you special powers that you never had before, and they're melee powers for this campaign. So what, you got like a flaming punch or something? Or what? It was like flaming. Um, you were close. Flaming like... <laughs> um, like uh, what are they called? I love like, that he said the most generic thing possible, and I was pretty. I close. know you are close. <laughs> you you can like swing and punch these like with these um, uh, what are they called? Like these blades in your hand. Sure. sure. Um. So you were not wrong, <laughs> um. But that was actually really fun to do. You know. Anywho, I guess I'm kind of mixed on it. I just thought to bring it up because I let people know. You know, like you say at the top of the show, if we're playing it, we're talking about it. For I sure. played for it. Sure. I'm talking about it. <clears throat> I don't know if I'll buy it. Because at the end of the day, I went through all that campaign, got a free fun, I guess, you know, for a little while. Yeah. But it is just those meters. Like, that's... Yeah. There's some pretty damn cool cutscenes, but for the most part, your your hundreds of hours or whatever you're doing is you're doing meters are going down. Uh, you know, I, I couldn't be more out of Destiny, you know? Like, we talked about it before, and... 
you know, I did beat the original campaign and all that stuff when I saw, you know, what it was about back then. But like, I just, it just, it's just, it is just so like, not for me. I'm not a fan of Bungie. I'm not a, I'm not a Halo fan. I always thought it was really kind of bland looking and boring. Uh, and Bungie is really terrible at telling a story. I, maybe they've gotten better. I mean, I, I assume they must have. They got tons of money and people, I guess, care about like the lore. But like every time somebody talks about it to me or whenever I see it, I'm like, this is indistinguishable from the last thing that you showed me. And that was indistinguishable from the last thing. It's like some random monster. It's got a weird name. Yeah. There's, they talk about light like incessantly. And <laughs> they I really can't do. Yeah, I can't. I can't. There's no hook for me as someone who was in Destiny and then fell out of it. Like literally none of this is making me interested or wanted to come back. And it just seems like more of the same, more of the same, more of the same. And hearing you talk about it, it just sounds like more of the same. So, I mean, I don't mean to take a shit on it, but it's like, if you like it, cool. But as someone who is not in that ecosystem, I look at it and I'm like, ugh, like it just looks so dull and boring. And I just like every big announcement, I'm like, this is I can't even tell you what's different about this than the last one and the last one and the last one. So, well, actually, OK, now that you you talked a little bit more, I thought of another negative is that, okay. um, again, I like the look of it. OK, that's cool. It's definitely got a cool feel. But um yeah, like, you know, if you remember Destiny, it's Destiny 2 is even more of it. But there's like a million systems and a million currencies and materials. Yeah. Not a fan of that either, obviously. Um, obviously, meaning I've mentioned that on the podcast before. But also, like, when you get armor and loot and everything, you could, you're getting that all the time. Yeah. Um, you have the ability to upgrade all that shit. But after I played, like, I don't know, another 15 hours of it, you know, um, with the regular campaign and then... Um, which queen and stuff like that. I was like, why would I ever upgrade any of the armor then or any of anything? Because the minute you do, you get something new. Yeah. And I was like, okay, so this is a fool's errand. Um, And again, it reminded me of like being upsold or like a very heavily monetized MMO, you know, like, yeah, yeah, no shit. I'm going to keep trying to do these things, but all these systems don't make me feel good. You know, like they maybe momentarily make me feel good. And like I, now I can shoot the enemies better. I shoot enemies better now. And then I get find something new so I don't need to upgrade anything. So I don't know. All the systems, don't they seem pointless kind of. Well, it's like you can only do so much with a shooter, right? And like, you know, they want you to be, they want you to play it forever. They want you to keep coming back. They want, you know, long-term customers. And for some people, that's great. Like sometimes you just want something to play with your friends and you want something you can drop in and out of. And I get that. Like, you know, it's good to have a couple fallbacks. You know, it's like me playing uh, Marvel Puzzle Quest or something. But... You know, but like you can only do so much. And for for me, who wants more varied kinds of experiences, I mean, I just like, oh, a new thing to shoot and new guns to shoot with. And it just it just is not my jam. And I just like it just looks so, so dull to me. So I just like, yeah. Well, we won't spend any more time on it. But I will say that, uh, again, the the only pro that I really found was that I was, you know, pleasantly pleasantly surprised by the the look and feel of it and the characters they brought up, uh, which were really weird looking characters, which I liked. But um, I probably won't yeah, buy it, so that's yeah. it. I've done it and done and dusted. Scene and scene. scene. Okay, cool. Let me talk for a minute about First Bite. This was a adult-oriented visual novel, um, LGBTQ-friendly, uh, that I planned to talk about last week, and I didn't get around to it, so I apologize for that. Uh, but I am talking about it this week. Uh, this is a visual novel with some really nice art. It's really attractive art. I got to say, it's like you look at this, you look at any screenshot from this game and you're like, Ooh, what's that? Like, that looks good. You know, like the, the, the art style for this is, is 
very attractive. Uh, I think that's great. The basic premise of the game is that you are a person and you can choose to be a male, female, or non-binary at the beginning of the game. Uh, but you don't see yourself. It's just, uh, you know, visual novel, so you never see yourself. You're just talking to other people. Uh, you live in, I believe it's Portland, Oregon, and you're walking down the street and you're like, hey, that looks like a spoopy house. I think I'm going to go and check it out because that's what you do that's when you're in Portland. Mm-hmm. And it turns out that there's vampires in the house. You end up talking to them and there's a really big buff dude vampire, super sexy lady vampire, and then a sultry non-binary vampire. And then you can talk to them all. And, uh, you know, you can play it a couple different ways. It's interesting because I think, okay, so so basically you, you talk to these vampires, they ask you questions, uh, you ask them questions, answers, um, pretty straightforward visual novel. It's pretty small in scale. Um, there's not a whole lot of locations and there's not a whole lot of choices. It's basically very, very novel heavy with just some, some branches. Um, it's interesting because you can die in this one. And in fact, you die a lot. I was actually surprised at how often I died in this one, um, which gave me definitely a sense of like urgency and danger, which I appreciated uh, because I hate it when a visual novel just has you like speed through the text to get to the next um, porn scene. Uh, but this one, I was really trying to read the text very carefully. And it was, it's great writing, by the way. It's really funny. Okay. Uh, it's very charming. I think the whole cast of characters is very charming. Uh, would love to see more from them. Um, but, you know, uh, you, 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 you walk through, you, you answer the questions. You try to figure out who likes what. Try to suss it out a little bit. You're trying to stay alive because they want to eat you. And, but eventually, the goal is to, like, you know, have them turn you, maybe. Or maybe you can escape or something. Um, but So it's really good. I think it's really good in general. I like it. Uh, but there are some some downsides to this game. So number one, the biggest downside is there's no sex or skin in this game at all that Wait, I can see. What? That was what caught me by surprise. I totally thought this was going to be a NSFW game. I don't think it is. They they talk about stuff in text. Um, stuff happens like in a in a description. But unless I'm missing something, I, there's no sex in this game that you can see whatsoever. There's no. No animation, no naked pictures, there's nothing. So if you're coming to that game for that, which I was, then you're going to be disappointed. So uh, I thought that maybe I could go to Steam because sometimes you'll get a visual novel and they'll give you like the vanilla version and they're like, oh, you know, we want it to be safe for everybody. And if you want the spicy version, then you can either, you know, a dollar DLC or download this patch or something. That happens pretty often on Steam. But as far as I can tell, I mean, maybe I'm blind, but like there is no adult patch and there's no sex in this game no no graphic sex at all i mean it seemed like uh the first lady vampire that i was trying to romance um she was in like a sexy outfit at first and then she got down to like her underwear but like that was it like there was no no nudity whatsoever which i found to be very surprising but i'm bumping yeah exactly i was like <laughs> oh, that's a bummer what the, what the hell um so that was one bummer the other bummer is that it feels not so much like you're making choices in developing a relationship with these vampires which kind of makes sense because they're vampires and they want to eat you and you want to not be eaten but it feels like you're basically just like avoiding dead ends and i don't know if that makes any sense but like uh, i would say something and i would think i made the right choice but then i die and i'm like okay well i'll go back and try again try a different choice then i die i like i died like a lot um to the point where i needed to like look up an faq because i got frustrated because i was dying too much um and it feels like not necessarily like you're free to make as many choices or there's not as much branching as you think there might be it's really just about can you survive by not making a bad choice okay. which is okay which is yeah. fine it's okay it's not my it's not my preference but it's okay but the the real problem though is that i got myself in a in a pickle 
because there's no autosaves. And so I would save where I thought I needed to save, like, oh, I'm about to make a choice. And I would save only to come to find out that the real choice was like two choices back. And so I saved too late, right? So like I, I got in one situation last night where whenever I did, I was going to die. And I had, I think, four saves running. And I'm like, okay, well, maybe I'll go to this one. Nope, too late for on this one. Next one, nope. Next one, nope. Next one, nope. And so it, I, I don't know how common this is, but I got myself in a situation where every save I had was too late and they were all, I was, they were all fatal ends. Oh. And so it would be nice if they put you back to the last choice where it was viable to survive. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was that was a thing. Now, to be fair, you can just like start a new game. And if you speed through the text that you've already seen, there's a skip button. It only takes you like a minute to get back to where you were. So it's not like a huge time investment. You're not like rereading an hour of text. But at the same time, it's kind of just annoying. And I kind of wish they would just, you know, where was the last choice that I made that that I could survive from? Like, let me you know. Maybe they'd have to restructure the game a little bit. I don't know. But like that was the thing where it was like, I really didn't appreciate getting stuck and then having to go all the way back and et cetera, et cetera. Once you figure out the game, which I did after reading an FAQ, I'm like, oh, okay. I see how the choices work. And, I, you know, it was easier. Um, but yeah, you're just kind of like avoiding dead ends, which is fine. But yeah, you know, it's, it's okay. It's fine. That's it's what fine. the problem is. Yeah. Yeah. But I wanted I wanted a little bit more freedom, a little less death, and I definitely wanted way more skin. Um, but again, the plus side, the art's fantastic, the writing is really funny. I think this is a great cast of characters. And there is a recent DLC, which I have not explored yet. I'm gonna check out that DLC. I would love to see them do more with this this cast of characters. I think this could be like a whole series, a whole franchise, even. They can do spin-offs and stuff. It's really fun. It's got good energy and great um imagination. So it's not what I thought it was. Um, and, you know, there's some things that I didn't like about it that much. But overall, I do think it's really cute and really fun. And I think most people probably really like it, especially if you want something that is LGBTQ friendly. There's lots of options there for that. So. Well, that review kind of went all over the place. And in the, in the fact that, like, not all over the place, but, like, I was thinking you, were like, didn't like it at all. And then you're like, but it is pretty cool. So Yeah, it is pretty cool, but it'd be better if they got like more naked and I died less. So. Right, right, right. Yeah. yeah. And, and again, it's always back to expectations. Yeah, exactly. Like if you're like, hey, this is just gonna be a fun, quirky adventure or visual novel type thing, then I'm in, you know? Um, yeah, yeah. So Yeah, and I, I just to be really clear, I do like it. I do like it. And I think you're exactly correct, Carlos. I had I had a certain set of expectations that were not met in certain ways, but overall, I still think it's a good game. And I, if they made a sequel, I would totally check out the sequel, and I will check out the uh, DLC because I think these characters are really fun. So yeah, all right, all right. Um, one more game before I turn it back over to you. This is one. Oh man, I'm so excited, dude. Uh, the demo for Dredge just came out. Um, yes, the Dredge demo is on Switch and PC. I don't know that it's on Xbox or PlayStation. I don't. I think, think so. it is. On oh, is it PlayStation? I'm gonna look it up right now. Okay, look it up. So this is a game. Basically, I'm going to sum this up as a fishing game with RPG elements, and also it's set in a very Lovecraftian world. I first saw this, I want to say, I feel like two years ago, maybe. Maybe it's that long where I'm like, ooh, that sounds really cool. Fishing game plus Cthulhu. Because, you know, if you read Lovecraft, I mean, a lot of Lovecraft stuff takes place around the ocean and the depths and the water. Uh, Dude clearly had some kind of like hydrophobia going on. And so... There's a lot of water. It makes perfect sense that you would be a fisherman or like on the ocean or something. That's exactly where a lot of Lovecraft shit goes down. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, great idea. Great idea. I saw this game and then it just kind of vanished off the radar. I mean, clearly they were working on it. Of course, it takes a while to make a game. But in the interim, there was at least like two or three other 
weird slash spooky fishing games that came out before this one did. And I played them all. I yeah. literally played them all. We talked and about them on the show. Yeah, we talked about them here on the show. I can't tell you the names of them off the top of my head, but I know that they we played them, at least two or three, and I didn't like any of them. Like, they were all kind of like, you know, okay-ish, but none of them grabbed me. None of them worked. None of them were, were hitting the button for me. So then demo comes out and the PR guy's like, dude, the demo's out. I know you're interested in this. I'm like, hell yeah, I was. And so I jump in the demo and like, ah, this game's great. It's like everything that I was hoping for, everything that it got me excited for from that look two years ago panned out and it's there and it feels just like I wanted it to feel and it looks just like I wanted it to look. The theming is there. The concept is there. And I'm so glad that everything I've seen so far is totally on point. I'm very, very excited. Um, so basically you play a fisherman in this kind of like weird island world um there's like these little coastal towns and everybody's like yeah it sucks out here it's really gross and evil and we hate it and you're like well i'm new to town so i guess we're gonna find out everybody wants you to fish to feed the local economy and when you come back to town it's just a little menu thing like there's no walking around there's no third person which i think is perfect i don't really want that like you just click a button you go to the fishmonger and sell your fish you click a button and you go to the the boat right and she fixes your boat you click a button and talk to the mayor and there's little portraits and stuff you talk to them but like you don't need a town to walk around in. you don't need any of that bullshit stuff um it kind of reminds me of midnight suns where i just wanted the meat and none of the filler and yeah. i feel like i didn't want to walk around in the town and the and the, the church and the grounds of midnight suns i wanted just to do the combat and get to the good stuff that's what dredge does like it's like we just want to get to the good stuff because you're going to do the fishing and you're going to talk to the people but like quick 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 get in get out just do the thing and just keep it focused right great decisions great decisions um so then you go out to the ocean and you fish for stuff you have a boat that you can um, modify you can put new engines you can get new fishing poles you can add some lights and stuff so tweak the boat there's upgrade trees that you can work on but then there's tons of quests like you can talk to people and they're like oh if you ever come across a lost wristwatch please bring it back or you'll find like a, a Cthulhu type altar out on one of the islands. And it's like, oh, if you feel this was fish, what's going to happen? I don't know. <laughs> and so you do all this kind of stuff. And so you're driving around between the islands and you're kind of doing these little quests. And at the same time, you're also fishing, trying to upgrade your boat, which is all very, very cool. I like it a lot. The theming is great. But the thing that really put it over the top for me is that they really incorporate like the other part of Lovecraft, which is like going crazy you know, the elder gods, you're just a small cog in the middle of nothingness. And if you go out at nighttime on your boat, you get these weird like psychological effects, like stuff appears in the water. You're not sure what's real or what's not. It gets really foggy. It gets really kind of weird and scary. Mm. And it, it makes things feel really different. And sometimes you have to catch a fish at night. So you got to go out at night. Um, but then it's like, ah, this sucks being out here at night because it's really just like really disorienting and strange, which is perfect. That's exactly what Lovecraft is about. And the other thing is if you get tired, if you get really tired, your mental defenses kind of fall and like just weird shit starts happening. Like I drove around for a while, no problem. And then I got tired and I didn't rest for whatever reason. And all of a sudden this like weird flock of birds came and just like robbed me of all my catch. And they were like oh, these shit. evil demon birds with like red eyes and shit. I'm like, oh man. This is because I'm sleepy. It's because I'm, I'm I'm not mentally prepared for this shit, you know? Like, it's just these weird little psycho things happen that really make you really feel like you're in the Lovecraft world, which is awesome. I was going to ask um, a question on that real quick. Yeah. Is that, like, is there a, a fail state? Is there a dying? Is there a, like, is it, you know what I mean? Are you worried about death in, in, in any way? Or you know, no? I'm not sure. I, your boat can take damage. Um, I don't, I've never wrecked it. I didn't get full damage, so I don't know what happens if you wreck your boat. I imagine you probably get sent back to town and have to rebuild it, maybe a money penalty. I, okay. I'm not sure exactly, but you know, who knows, right? I only played the demo and I talked to the developers for a minute. They said there's, you know, obviously way more content. There's a couple more features and um, 
balancing stuff that's going to come in the full version uh, pretty soon, I believe at the end of the month. Um, but yeah, they just give you a taste of what it's like. And man, I really dig it so far. Like just doing the quest for people. It's really fun. Navigating the boat is really fun. I think the upgrade path is really cool and interesting. And just the fishing is, uh, is pretty fun. Um, the only thing that I would say that I didn't like about it so far is that when you do the fishing, actually, it's a very fast paced mini game, which is great. Great decision. I love that. It's just really quick, really simple because you don't want to spend an hour, like doing that whole, like, line tension reeling thing that most fishing games do like that's not what this game is really about right you want to just get out there and catch fish really quick but the mini game that you do you have to it's like a rhythm game where you push the button when the when the line is on the green section of the bar right you know what i'm talking about yeah yeah. like green green comes through and you got to push the button to hit the green my only complaint about this game so far is that it feels like that's off it feels like you have to push the button like a quarter of a second before you actually think you're going to hit the green thing so like instead of hitting it on the green i was hitting pushing the button before the green so that by the time it registered the input it was on the green which i didn't care for yeah i don't care for that either that could be the demo that could be it could be the demo it could be the thing but i do want to call that out i'd hope the developers have time to, to fix that it's not huge and to be very clear i was still totally successfully playing the game no problem but it was it was a thing that I think should be tightened up. It should be fixed. When you push the button, it should be exactly where you push the button on and not a half second off. Yeah. Um, that was one thing that bugged me. So that I'd like to see fixed. But other than that, love the graphics, love the concept, love the implementation, love the theming. This game has got me very, very, very excited, and I cannot wait to crack into it. I'm wondering, my only last question, and it's not a question for you, it's just a question for the game, mm-hmm. is that, like you said, it comes out at the end of March. Uh, I think so, March yeah. March 30th. I believe so. Um, I didn't see the demo on PlayStation, so I think it is only on where Switch and Steam. Switch and PC, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. but, uh, which I might just try on Steam. Um, yeah, I'm just, I'm curious on how long the actual, like, story part is, you know? like Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, what is that length of that thing? Because if it's short, I actually would like it, I think, a lot more. Um, yeah, I mean, it's hard to say. I don't know. But I mean, from just from based on what I saw, I mean, I think this would be a wonderful eight hour experience, 12 mm-hmm. hour experience. I don't think I'd want to go more than that, because I think it's one of those things where you get in, it does what it does and you get out and that's what you want. Yeah. So it's hard to say. I mean, I don't know um, from the demo. I feel I want to say I feel like I played the demo for like maybe like an hour or two hours. Like it was pretty substantial um if i'm not mistaken but hopefully if it's like eight to ten hours like man thumbs up dude i'm in i don't need this to be a hundred hour game and i i don't imagine that it is but uh man everything about it so far is on point very excited check it out absolutely check that out for sure that is dredge i'm gonna play it on uh switch on docked mode it was awesome handheld mode text was a little small but i feel like it was still within the acceptable margin they could maybe bump up the text a little bit but Otherwise, man, I'm on fire for this one. I will 100% play it on my TV, though. My, me, yeah, yeah. personally, because yeah, I yeah. just think that'll... Because the graphics look super cool. And, yeah, um, it looked great in dock mode. I loved it. So, yeah. Okay. All right, that is dredged. Over to you, sir, for a little game that you surprised me with a couple days ago, which I know literally nothing about. It seems to be happening to me more and more. I guess it's my old age, I suppose. Scars Above. Uh, strange title, uh, but I took a quick look at the trailer. It looks pretty rad, kind of like Mass Effect-y or something. So why don't you uh, tell us about Scars Above? Yeah, I'm always like scouring um, the PlayStation and Xbox store for new games. And so if I see something that's indie and it's in my um, cheap range right now, which is not those 50 or 60 or $70 games, uh, then I look at it, and this was like I don't remember how much it was, but I think it was twenty or thirty something. It's it's something smaller, like like a like a B range title. Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, and of course, um, uh, we've mentioned this on the show before, but uh, we both enjoyed Returnal. But like I mentioned on Twitter, when I first saw like trailers for it, I know I knew it was going to be some sort of bullet, you know, hell shooter kind of thing because of the developers. Yeah, um, that's what they you know build. But I was kind of like hoping because of all the psychological and creepiness story bits that I saw in the trailers that it would, you know, focus on that as well. Sure. And we both played it and I love the feel of it, but it was just a shooter and it was, you know, um, just it beat me down so hard yeah. of, of being of eating shit all the time that it yeah. was hard for me to, to have fun with the psychological parts or the story parts because one, they were few and far between. We both of us very played. true, very true. You beat that game, right? I did beat yeah. that game. Yes, I played a fuck ton. Uh, so for people listening on Twitter, who you know, because I started talking about it or talking shit about it, I played a lot <laughs> of it. Um, so I, I come from a place from experience in the game, but like, yeah, there was like a few cutscenes, or you know, or different ones when you went back and you died again, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. so that's what this felt like when I first started. Basically, the you know, again, trailer. It's a cheap price. It's sci-fi. I'm going to probably buy it. Um, so I was like, uh, hook, line, and sinker. It's third person. Uh, it has a you know a vibe of Returnal, I'll say, because you're like a woman on a planet that you don't understand what's going on. Mm-hmm. How you got there, I won't spoil anything, but just it's just a weird event that you even show up on a planet. You're looking for your lost team members, and I'm like, and you can shoot different guns for different effects, okay. uh, but it's not a bullet hell shooter. Right, it's like shoot monsters like a regular, kind of thing. Regular action game. Yeah. yeah, and you have a melee button, okay. and there's like a lot of story. And I'm like, oh, I'm fucking in. All right, right? and of course you can hear the butt coming. Oh man, um, okay, there right, is a butt right. coming. Okay. Um, and so yeah, it, it starts off strong, and it feels like Mass Effect. It like 100 feels like it Mass looks Effect. like it from the trailers, dude. Yeah, it really it, does. It really feels like that. And as you uncover these things that you're in. And this world you're in, and some of the the movies I'll talk about or things I'm talking about in the end of our podcast, um, before you go, kind of fit this with my multimedia thing, where I was watching a lot of sci-fi, watching a lot of weird shit, and I was like, I'm just so in. So then I get pretty far. I, I got three different weapons. So one's a fire weapon, one's an ice weapon, one's like a regular. And then I learned my melee. I found crafting tables. You know, it's got a lot of basic shit. Okay. This is going to lead to me being over video games again. Oh, man. Okay. Because I start seeing, you know, here's the through line for the podcast. I was supposed to say it in the beginning. The through line is, like Destiny 2, and like some of the games you even mentioned, maybe not the fishing game so much, but, um, you know, even roguelikes and stuff, I just don't want to do those templates that we have. We, of course, play probably too many games, I'll say, right? We play, we play all the games. All we, the do. Games. we do. We do. So that's probably put an asterisk next to my statements now. But I just, I'm so tired of the templates. I, I can see them coming a mile away, bro. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? So just like, so like the basic gameplay for me, like you're saying, so you probably got to get upgrade materials. Yes. You probably got to like upgrade your guns. You've got a, a variety of themed guns. Yeah. The um, theme means straightforward, fire does know. the fire damage. Ice does. And you can only do the ice for the thing. And if you don't do it, then, then you can't do the. You know what I mean? I don't even have to finish the sentence. You get right. it. Right, right, so right. that started appearing. And then the other problem is, for some fucking reason, they decided to put Souls-like in it. How so? So, you know, there's these areas that are like mystical cube things. And if you go and touch them, you heal. And oh, everybody like a bonfire, Space bonfire? Yeah. Oh, a sci-fi sh- bonfire. And everybody comes back when you touch and it? And everybody comes back. 
Oh, dude, get off of that. Okay, Come hold on. on. It gets worse. It gets oh, worse. Geez. All right. I'm I'm dealing with that. I'm still I put on easy mode. By the way, there's mo- there's difficulties. So I okay. put on oh, easy good. mode. Okay, easy. Yes. Let's do easy. Easy was still challenging, by the way. It really? wasn't like okay. a walk in the park. Uh, you could still die. And so I do that. There's crafting for healing. So if you don't have the the um, the stuff for your crafting a healing thing, you just can't heal. Oh, uh, what? You don't have like your little Essex flask or There's whatever? There's no Essex flask. No, oh, you just don't heal. No. Okay. So then okay. on top of that, I mean, there is one other little extra heal, but you run out of them is what I'm saying. Okay. And then I get to a point, I got a lot of really cool story. I mean, it's, it's way more story in the first part of this game than in any of Returnal. Like, okay. it's so cool. Like, there's I some cool it, yeah. fucking shit, dude. Aliens, and it's insane. And there's puzzles that I like the puzzles. But then I get to these mini bosses, and I beat one of the mini bosses, and it was fucking tough on easy. And I was like, here's the rumblings of Carlos's over video games. I, I don't <laughs> want to do challenging things anymore. I'm sorry. Just fucking give me the game. I put it on easy. And then I beat that mini boss. I go through... And there's a map, right? So I'm going further past the mini boss. I beat everything. I got to go back to the beginning to to do this puzzle now that I have the ice gun. And now the ice gun will freeze this water and I can walk across it, right? Of course. That's what you do. Which is what you do in every fucking video. Anyways, I come back and I'm just trying to get to the place where the water is so I can walk across it with my little ice gun. And they make me replay that boss. Oh, what? And guess he what? He's harder. Born? Oh, huh? he, he respawned? He, oh, yeah, he's back. He's There was an animation for him. He's back, and it's the same fucking guy, and he had more health, and, and I had no health uh, items, and I couldn't craft can, them. Can you just, like, run through, maybe? Since you can't. Beat I him, try to can't. run through, and it, put an X by the door. Oh, that sucks. That sucks. So the only thing I can think of, anybody listening who is the very niche amount of audience that played this game uh, already, is I think I might be able to go another way. You know, like backtrack somewhere. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And if if that's what they want me to do, then I've it's got to walk a, a ways, you know. Uh, and then if I backtrack the other way, maybe I can get back to my crafting table, make some health items. But it just turned me off because I was like, everything about this game is fun and interesting and such an indie title, and I want to support <sighs> man, them. Man, But you can't fuck me like that because I just got your ice gun. You know, I just did what you wanted me to do to get this puzzle to go to the next place and they spent a long time in the intro story. It seems like this is a story game, right? Right. right. And I, I hear from everybody talking about it, that it's a short game. And I'm like, Oh my goodness, that's exactly what I want. But right now I'm fucking stuck. And it's just so frustrating. Oh man. One that's more example of where souls is like dark souls is like cilantro. It's like cilantro, man. Wait, I don't like cilantro. Do I? I, well, so here's you put the it thing. on top of things, right? Here's the thing. Cilantro is like, it's really good in a very specific kind of dish and only oh, when there's right. like a very little amount of it, right? Yeah. So like, you know, Dark Souls is like, uh, you know, it's like a taco bowl and you're like, yeah, I like taco bowls. I do want some cilantro on this. That's great. It tastes good. But then you get like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and you put fucking cilantro on it and it's fucking gross. <laughs> or you get a fucking bowl of cereal and you put cilantro on it. You're like, this is nasty. I don't want this in here. This doesn't I feel belong. like. Yeah, I feel like it doesn't belong. And I feel like so many games these days that we play, dude, are just like corrupted with so much fucking cilantro that I can't stand it. Well, I don't want cilantro in everything, man. I don't either. And I'm, I'm going to add not just souls like it's also bosses like I, I don't know how many times again was very specific for you and I, but I'm old 
and I've played bosses <laughs> since there were bosses. I played the first bosses. You and I have played. Yes, we have beat the very we beat first bosses. The very first yeah, bosses. Yeah, that's, that's a pretty true. cool thing to true say. Fact. True fact. It's a true fact. We beat all of the first bosses. And so I don't want to really fight bosses. I know that we play Elden Ring. I know we play some games for bosses. Um, if there are some and then you beat them and they're dead, okay, I guess. But for me, I'm in general over bosses because I'm over video games. Yeah. Uh, I'm over them. But if I had to do them, do not bring them back. You motherfucker. No, that's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. And especially in a game like this where it really feels like it wants to be story specific and there's so many interesting things. And they're doing things that I've never seen before, like really cool Mass Effect type storylines. So fucking hell, I'm going to go back because I'm so, A, frustrated. I want to bring it back to the show and, and tell you if I'm totally out or not. But I'm going to try to go back the other way. Um, if they let me, then I might have to say an apology to them, the developers. But if they don't, then fuck that then game fuck forever. Em. It's either it's either I'm sorry or fuck yeah, you. Yeah, that's what we're going to find out tonight. <laughs> I'm going to turn it back on, and it's either I'm sorry or fuck off. I you know I'm curious about this one because I got to say the trailers do look pretty badass. I I, I looked at them like oh this seems like something that's checking some boxes for me. But man, hearing you talk about it gives me pause. I uh, I don't know. I'm gonna give this a shot maybe. Um, well, pause I'll, I'll until I get done with my yeah yeah okay. Homework. Fill me back in. Fill me back in yeah. and let me know what happens. So okay. <laughs> so I want to say positive, but um, I will say I'll just use that time to say people make more sci-fi games, please anybody. Yes. Um, because we are desperately needed of them, and that's why Mass Effect did so well, because people fucking love them, uh, especially action RPG-type hybrid with a sci-fi story. Yes. Wow. Yeah. But he's back on the souls, and he's back on the difficulty. We don't need get-good sci-fi games. Fucking hell. Okay. So, okay, TBD. That's not, I'm still interested, but we're going to wait for your full report. Moving on, because Moving I will on. do homework. <clears throat> Moving on. This is a total change of pace. Uh, this is a very cute adorable 2d pixel art rpg turn-based rpg called meg's monster like m-e-g apostrophe s because the main uh, character is a little girl named meg i know of this because i was about to maybe check it out so I'm oh, okay okay yeah yeah so so i got this from pr so thank you very much to pr for sending the code uh this is a very heavily story-based game which is great that's exactly what i want because honestly i'm over uh i mean you're over a lot of stuff i'm over jrpg systems i'm over turn-based um rpg systems but i am into story i'm always in this story and that's really what this game does um there's a little mystery going on at the beginning you start off uh, which it looks like meg the main character as she's older i think not 100 percent sure but it looks like she's older and she's remembering and then the game starts and you are her in her younger form pretty sure and you fall into like this underworld where there's like monsters like humans above monsters below and people are food down there. And so it looks like you're about to get eaten, but then these monsters kind of save you. These other monsters save you. And you are looking for your mom. So the monsters try to help you find your mom. They're not super friendly. I mean, this is not like a Mike and Sully monsters Inc. situation. Like one of them is clearly like a double agent and one of them is really cranky asshole. So they're, they're helping you, but it's not like you're having hugs all the time and stuff. It's kind of like a, a weird situation. Um, but the thing about Meg in the monster world is that when she gets upset, it like starts an apocalypse. Like she, she, she cries earthquakes and like fire happens and shit's going to blow up. And so they need to keep her as calm as possible because if she gets upset, it could be literally the end of the world. And so they, they have a vested interest in keeping her calm and happy. Um, so they're on this quest to find her mom and the art is like amazing. It's really, really cute. Um, Earthbound, I think it's great. baby. 
A little bit, a little bit like that. It well, is how's it? It seems like a lot, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think so far the world map is pretty small, which is great. I don't need this giant open world. You go to these locations, you talk to people, and I think the writing is really cute. It's just the right amount where you get a good sense of what's what, but you're not reading a book of text, which I don't want. So I think it's really on the mark right there. Very colorful. The combat is very straightforward and simple, but I think that's fine. I don't think it needs some kind of weird, complicated system. Um, there's a little bit to it. Like, there's energy points and stuff, but nothing. Pff, you'll learn it in, like, five seconds. It's, like, totally no big deal if you've been playing games for even five minutes. Um, the only complaint I have about it so far is that I wish there were more animations during battles. Um, so, for example, uh, you're in a battle. The little girl is behind you and she doesn't get hurt because you protect her, but she gets upset. And so she's got an upset meter. And then you, the monster in the front, have a regular health meter. And you, you know, you do your battles just like a regular JRPG style battle. But when you do your attack, um, he just kind of like stands there like he doesn't do like a a wind up or like a, a thrust punch or, you know, you, you kind of expect them to be a little bit more animated um, to move around a little bit more, like have you know, battle animations or something. Hmm. So it's a little disappointing that they're a little bit lacking in that regard, but I think in the rest, it's really fine. I think it's uh cute. It's colorful, straightforward in a positive way. It's really keeping my attention because I want to know what's happening with the story. And it's not so complicated that I forget what I'm doing when I put it down. I've been playing it in bed. Uh, this is a great bedtime game. Um, so heads up to everybody who likes the bedtime games. I think this is a perfect bedtime game. Um, and I think I'm going to finish this one. I, I really like how it's really quickly flowing and the stories come together and there's not too many characters and it's all just very small and compact and colorful and cute and nicely done. And it's not too much grinding and it's not too much, uh, reading and it's just right in the pocket for me, man. It's like, this wow. is exactly the game that I want to play in bed right now. Yeah, it's got, uh, from the images and from the feel of it, it looks like an Undertale Earthbound kind of style. Yeah, ish. Yeah, um, uh-huh. Ish. But uh, yeah, the, the character that does the combat, he, he has, uh, I guess, nine 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 hit points. He so does, he, yeah. He can't die, really. But it's more about, like you said, the woman, uh, the girl, Meg, yeah. uh, not getting too sad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's such a really unique idea. I like the idea a lot. Yeah, th- it's very cool. It's very cool. I think the only reason I didn't pick it up is because, again, I'm over games. And so... Sure, sure. Which is the through line. And uh, and so I know exactly what this game is. Even though it's unique, like that thing you just said is really cool. Yeah. And the art's cool. I know the combat part of what I'm going to have to do. You exactly. know, the actual action of it. And I wasn't... I didn't want that turn-based thing, but... I mean, did. that makes perfect sense, dude, because I'm not a big fan of turn-based either. The story is really what's doing it for me. The story and the simplicity. Like, if this was talk to 10,000 villagers and go on a bunch of side quests and do a bunch of turn-based combat, like I would be out. Right. But like, it's so quick and so breezy and so simple that it's just really selling you on the characters and their story and their interaction. And you don't go too long before you get a cute little moment and you don't spend too long in any, any battle. It's just really moving along at a very brisk pace. And I feel like I love it. Like that's, that's where I'm at right now. And it it is meeting me exactly where I am. So I dig it very much. Cool. I might, might i'm still over games uh so we'll see if that changes um but i might check it out because it is i think on the playstation or it's coming there soon i think so, so yeah. yeah but if you want the story like i think the story is the real reason to get into this yeah, if you want kind like of that. like a yeah that earthbound ish a little bit outward ish um a little bit monsters inc ish um if you want that kind of a story that's the reason to check this game out don't come to this for the combat don't come to this for like giant jrpg systems come to it because you think it looks cute and you want a cute story so cool there check it out. Definitely check that out. I'm, I'm digging that one. It's a good one. Uh, okay, over to you, Carlos, for something that I was very curious about. And PR did send us a code for this, which you got. So thank you to PR for that. 
Little Witch Nobeda, uh, which I guess is kind of being billed as kind of like a friendly, friendly Souls alternative where it seems like very much like a Souls game, but it's cute, apparently more approachable. Um, you played like a little witch. It doesn't seem too scary. Yeah. So uh, tell us, tell us about this game, Carlos. Little Witch Nobeda. Nobeda, Nobeda. I don't know how, but I'm not um, sure. Pupuya Games is the developer. Okay. It came out a little while ago on Steam, uh, the end of last year, I believe. Uh, and so it's now on the console. So I played it on the PlayStation. Um, yeah, again, remember, I'm over games. So it, any developer listening this episode, I'm just over everything right now. So sorry about that. Um, your game is in the the wave, the tsunami of Carlos's over games. <laughs> Meaning like I'm just over systems that I've played and I've played all of them. And so I'm just fucking over them. It's just crazy. Anyways, uh, that said, I will always say pros and cons still. The pros of this game is, you know, you're a little 3D uh, third-person witch girl, and it's like that 2D meets 3D kind of art style. Yes. Right? Yes. Cartoonish or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, again, we've been doing this show for years. We have no idea how to uh, explain. Early, I don't know how to explain games. But uh, it's that style. And like you said, it's got Souls-like uh, elements in it. But it's weird because are they billing that as kind of one of their selling points that it's Souls-like? I mean, that was my understanding was that it was a Souls-like, but with a, a slightly different friendlier spin is my take on it. Yeah, and that was why I wanted to play it because I remember asking you about that. Can we, you know, work with the developers to get that code? And so that's what I thought too. I think the difference is it's easier in a couple ways. One, so you, what you do in the story is you go into a castle and all you know is you kind of have no memory. Hello, video games. Video games. No memory. Um, and you gotta, all you know is you have to go in there to go to the throne for some reason. You just don't know why. And so you go in there, and of course it's a maze. It's a massive like dungeon type thing. And you're just trying to get to the throne room, and that's all you need, know you need to do. And you're fighting monsters automatically, and you have this little it's – it's basically a shooter. So you have your wand, and you shoot, and you can like aim with L trigger. So okay. it feels like a third-person shooter. Like a lot of the time. Okay. Interesting. And you can set up, uh, what's it called? You know, auto targeting and all that kind of auto aim. So I set up everything. Like um, in the settings? Yeah, in the settings. There's okay. no, I don't believe it's an easy mode, but it's like by setting, turning a lot of like assistance on, it helps. Okay. Um, so I'm doing that, having fun with the shooting. It took me a minute to get used to it, but I got used to it. Uh, you do have to manually shoot too and not just auto aim everything. And then you can swing your wand to do some melee, but man, that thing feels weak. Like it's just okay. a, it's just a weak little wand, and it works because you can't upgrade your melee damage. But in general, I've, it's a shooting game. It seems so. Like. You want to be shooting. Okay. You want to be shooting, and then on top of that, you get you know just like again, Carlos is over games. You get many different versions of that shooting, right? So sure. there's a fire one, there's a ice one, and stuff. Um, and then each one of those has an attached magical ability. So not just shooting ice, but you do a, a power up move, right? And in order to do the power-ups, though, in this, you've got to chant, like, you know, you're a witch. And you do this, like, chant, and it takes time to build the chant, and then you can do the magical ability, like the big one. It's kind of like you're ramping up to do the spell, so you got to have a little period of safety beforehand. Yeah, but you're getting hit all the time. So it's right. like you got to be dodging, and they let you dodge, and it keep it going, you know, like charging up your thing while you're dodging. If enemies hit you, does it stop your spell? Yeah, it can. Okay. Um, I've gotten hit and dodged, and it was still going, so it's kind of uh, hit or miss. Anywho, uh, there's those kind of abilities. And then the thing where I'm saying is it's not as Souls-like is um, there's definitely bosses, but there's these you know, bonfires that are statues. And when you get to them, you can upgrade. Um, 
I upgraded like a fuck ton, like as much as possible, as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. I did hit points. I wanted to be a tanky witch. And I did something else. I think attack power. I think, yeah, both those. And so when I got to the first boss, beat it in the first try. Nice. So I was like, nice. well, that doesn't feel like a Souls-like game to me because I never do that. Maybe then you're I, just good. I, I am okay. But <laughs> then I get to the second <laughs> boss and I beat that second boss in the first try. Okay. Again, it was because I think of my upgrade path, like I really built tanky and I just like liked that they let me do that. You know, like they let me be, um, it wasn't just a frail witch girl who was going to always eat shit. Yeah. It was like, if I did the right upgrade path, I feel like unlike Souls games sometimes where they're like, yeah, you, you upgraded your character, but you're still going to eat shit. Um, this one was like, no, I'm going to really focus, you know, and I don't think I grinded too much but i just took everything i always had and you know immediately went back to the tree or the 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 statue and upgraded so Mm -hmm. anyways i always felt really really well equipped when i got to you know said um bosses and i think the third boss i also beat in the second try so i was just like killing fools you know and what was cool about that is again what these games could do even souls likes I still found challenge. I still was interested in what this weird story was, which I'm going to get to in a minute because it's actually much cooler than you think. And and I was beating bosses and feeling challenged beating them, but I didn't have to like die 50 times. So I just don't subscribe to that anymore. Like I just don't think that has to be part of your gameplay. So right. this was like, oh my goodness, wait, this is kind of all the things I want. There's another butt coming. Okay. Um, one of them is when you hit, there's, there's places you can fall and it's instant death. Oh no! Okay. So I fell and 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 I love it. It it tells you like seven thousand damage. I don't know. It has to tell you that to rub it in your face. <laughs> and uh, I was like, okay. And so then you you lose some shit. Um, and you don't like lose it to an enemy, so you can't go back and get it. You know. So that happened a few more times than I wanted to because I just slipped. You know, and I was like, holy shit! I had to go very far back. Yeah. Um, and then another thing happened where I couldn't figure out what to do. They are very, very, very little on telling you anything. Oh, okay. And so there's like, there's a little note on the ground, you know, to Allah Souls, and it says, hey, do this. If, if you use magic, fire, then you can hit, you can destroy the thing. So I used fire magic and it didn't destroy the thing. What it meant is I had to use fire magic and then I had to swing my wand at it. But it didn't tell me that. So I spent gotcha. like 30 minutes running around, did not know what to do. Okay. And also I get lost a lot. <laughs> Because, it, again, you don't know where you're fucking going. So I think the last time I played it, I wasn't mad throw the controller down, but I had died, you know, like in a fire, like just slipped and fell in fire. And I was like, oh, that's a lot of time. I have to go back. And then I was also confused on where to go next. So it's, it's, it's those little things, you know, like the, what are they called? Little bites or little stabs. The death of a thousand cuts. Death or of whatever. a thousand cuts. You know, it's like, yeah. I probably will go back, just like Scars Above. But it was just enough to be like, oh, you know. And that I'll, irritation, that little friction when you're little playing. Little friction, yeah. yeah. And, of course, back to this whole full-on feeling that I have. I just, like, I get excited that I was like, oh, this is kind of what I was looking for. And then now maybe it isn't because of these things. Right. Uh, here's the positive I'll say to end it is that you meet a little cat at some point, and the game has very cutesy art. Um, the monsters are very kind of um, – uh, Princess Mononoke, 
Mononoke. How do you say that? Princess Mononoke. Mononoke. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A lot of the ghost spirits from that game. That's what the the kind of the monsters feel like. Okay. Um. Anyway, so but it feels cutesy and creepy. When you meet the cat, the cat talks. By the way, of course. Of course. And the cat is, you know, you the girl's like, oh, you're giving me my little cute cat, and she throws it in her bag. But then the cat gets out of the bag at some point. It's like, no, no, we got business to do. We got to go to the throne room. And at some point, minor spoiler, you kill a boss and you like can help the boss if you want. Mm-hmm. And I, I decided to do that. And I was like, okay, I'm going to help them, their spirit or something. And the cat's like, why the fuck did you do that? And you're like, whoa, what's up with cat? I thought you were mm-hmm. cute and adorable. And he's like, no, we got to get going to this throne room, bro. And so all these dark like undertones start happening. And it feels like something nefarious is going on. So that's another thing that gets me going to want to try it again because, yeah, it's like that cat's mean. Like you could tell that cat is like probably a boss. Maybe he's the final boss. I think he is the final boss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's just fucking me the whole time because he's been been real mean recently. uh, So maybe you should help those guys if he tells you not to. I did. I did 100%. Yeah. 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 But you can just keep seeing that. Like she'll get hurt somewhere. And by the way, in the game it says um, there might be – what's it called? Uh – where is it? I wrote this down. But it says like, you know, there might be like um, blood, gore, like a disturbing images and stuff like that. Sure. I sure. never know how much of that's true. But once I started seeing the dark undertones, I was like, oh, this might get real fucked up, um, which would have made me, make me like it more. Right. Because it's a different take on a game. Uh, anyways, I like the, the expectations being changed. I like that I beat bosses and it wasn't like just hard, you know. So I like parts of it. Hmm. Um, and I'm confused. I don't know. I think I have to go back to see where my save is because I think I raged quit because <laughs> I couldn't <laughs> figure out how to do something or I fell in the same fire pit like the fourth time, you know? Yeah. But it is those little things. Friction, little bits of friction really add up. I mean, a game can really not do anything majorly wrong, but if it's just is kind of annoying to play, like these little, little inconveniences or these little annoyances, they just really do add up sometimes. Friction is is important to get rid of. It is it is a factor for sure. Yeah. So I did say some positives because I think that there's a lot of interesting things here. I think I haven't seen a game like it. I love the idea of cutesy but with <clears throat> souls. That, that like totally drew me in. And the fact that it's dark, I think it's probably going to be a really... <laughs> fucked up ending of a story um she's definitely screwed i know that like she's not going somewhere positive right right, um so it's pretty cool i just i hope that those little uh, thousand cuts don't get me interesting i you know i'm i'm busy with shit right now but this does seem like something i might want to try maybe i can catch it on sale or something sometime it i don't know it seems like maybe something do you feel like it's going to be a very long one i know it's probably impossible to tell but do you feel like you've made like a good chunk of progress or what I can't tell because this is like one of those endless dungeons. Gotcha. You know, they're not showing you where the throne you room is. You have no is. sense of progress. I went ne- I went down and up recently, you know, so like <laughs> I have no idea where I am at. So, and all that's right. the thing, I did get lost. I got lost twice because I had to go all the way to the basement or I don't know, bottom level. There was fire down there. Um, hello hell maybe and then uh, i went to the top and then i think i went in the middle so i don't know where i'm at i don't know well i'm not a big fan of getting lost so got lost instant death enough things that are negative yeah but weirdly enough having an okay time with the bosses so i'm like what how do i feel about this man it sounds like you're kind of right in the middle on it honestly i think i am yeah yeah okay all right well that's little witch nobeda uh and that's available you're playing it on what playstation PlayStation, yes. 
and you said it was out on PC like last year, so it's not a brand new game in that sense, but it's just recently on coming consoles. to console. I believe yeah. it's also on Xbox. It's on well. Xbox, yeah, yeah. All right, cool. Okay, next, um, you want to talk about the mystery game or our our prior final game? What do you yeah, want? Yeah, let about? me stick with the mystery game because mystery it's game. the same okay. feel. Actually, it's the okay, same mystery kind of, game. Yeah, which you brought to the show. I have no idea what you're going to talk about. What is the what is the mystery game, Carlos? Okay, so this is one again. I have these PlayStation sales, so if they go on PlayStation sale, I, I grab. Um, by the way, we've talked about this before. I don't remember as many Xbox sales. How many times have you seen? Like just random ass flash sales on Xbox. Are, do they do that much? Uh, they do do that. I get the emails about them, but honestly, I've been so drowning in games. I haven't really been scanning the store or really buying anything. I mean, okay, it's probably more on PlayStation, I guess, just for my general sense of it. But, uh, but there are sales for sure. I get emails, but I think probably PSN is more. It just seems like there are more. Yeah, I, when I go in there, I go like, whoa, and it's just like automatically, you know, uh, for a while, some of it's PlayStation members, or whatever. But, um, anywho. So I've been looking at it for a long time, and it's called Labyrinth of Galleria, the Moon Society. What? Is yes. that the whole title, or is there more of it? That's the whole title. Is there more of it? That's pretty long. Hold on. I got Okay, so wait. Say that again, because I'm going to Google. I've never heard Labyrinth of Galleria, which I thought there was more than one, but there's not. The Moon Society, and it's a dungeon crawler, okay, which we haven't it. talked about much. Again... I, oh, is this from Nipponichi or who is this from? Yeah, I think that's right. And oh, okay. NIS or whatever is published. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I take one look at the art style. I'm like, okay, this is a Nipponichi game. I know exactly oh, where interesting. this game is from. Yeah. But I don't know. We don't really talk about Dungeon Crawlers enough, I think, on the show because I can find, if it's done right, I can find some real like value in them. Um, but this one is really unique. And again, I'm just looking for anything new right now because I'm so over games the template of games. Yes. Um, this is a little different. Okay. All right. Uh, and it's one of the only ones in this whole list. Well, now that's not true. After talking on this podcast, I have to do homework for both Nobetta and Scars Above. Okay. Well, anyways, this one I am still playing, uh, even though I'm over games. So what it is the game in the beer. Okay. So I'll talk about this at the end of the show, but I just watched uh, knock on the door M. night Shyamalan's movie. Okay. Knock on the cabin. Knock on the cabin door. Cabin door? Knock on the cabin? Knock on the cabin's door? I don't know. We'll talk, Knock on put, the cabin's door. Put a pin door. in that. We'll talk about the Because okay. I actually have questions about that movie. Okay. Well, anyways, I was watching a, a creepy movie, right? Yeah. Um, also a movie, without uh, spoiling anything, that's kind of ominous about world events. Okay? Politics, yes. Well, just about like, yeah, the world at large and, and some negative stuff. And yeah, that was, my, that was, was going to be my question. Okay. So we'll I'll, I'll we'll tell you about that. it later. So okay. the point is, I was already feeling that. And this game starts off with... You know, everything's at stake. I'm glad you're here. You know, you're part of the super supernatural now, blah, blah, blah. And then it has you put your name in. And I put in Onawa. And then you're then you're gone. They don't talk about you anymore. And I'm like, what? I thought this was RPG, Denture Crawler. Onawa, I'm the hero, right? And then it cuts to anime. Pretty long visual novel of a girl going to a mansion. And she's got hired to do like some work for them. And it's, again, a lot of text and a lot of visual novel. But it's interesting, and the music's amazing. Like, I mean, okay. like, okay. I was thinking Wednesday, the music in Wednesday, like Tim Burton feel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, like, fits, and it changes. It doesn't just say the same song, you know? Like, you won't hear me, like, gushing about music, but it's really cool how it fits. And you you feel, by the way, this game also has uh, 
you know, darkness, gore, partial nudity, sexual themes. That's all in the listing for this game. Okay, it's um, all the good stuff, sure. Right, but I haven't seen any of it yet. But anyway, I, I felt the darkness. And so similar to Little Nobetta, where there's this kind of dark undertone, you get there, she's hired for a job, bullshit, you know. You can tell right away. She meets a witch. The witch inside the castle is like, yeah, you're not going to do the job we hired you for. You're going to go in this dungeon and do this other thing, you know. And she's like freaked out. And she like almost dies because she's like, hey, don't touch that thing. And she goes, what would have happened if I touched it? And she's like, oh, you would have died and turned into fleshy meat or something. She's like, holy shit, really? Anyways, so you see the stakes are high. This girl's like under, like really confused. And you're confused as a player, like what is, what's happening? And then the witch goes, okay, now here's a spirit I've conjured or something. And uh, try to say its name. And so the, the, the main character tries to say its name and she can't, like her voice gets stuck. Is because it your name? it's your name. Yeah. Ah. And I was like, oh, that's really fucking cool. And then it goes, okay, now what you're going to do, the witch says, you're going to take the spirit and it's going to uh, control these puppet soldiers in the dungeon and go find stuff for us. And then when it comes back, you're going to go help assess all the stuff it found. And essentially like a dungeon crawler game, come back up and then she like goes through the stuff that you found, like called curios. And then, of course, as you're down there, you these puppet soldiers you have, they, uh, you know, they fight for you and they level up and they're essentially like an, a Bard's Tale RPG game, right? But the difference is they are puppets, like straight up puppets, even though they look like anime characters. And so when they come back up, they're broken sometimes and you got to mm-hmm. repair them. Um, all these things I haven't done in a game before. If someone else has, I, I don't, I've never done this. Okay. But the coolest part is this, the whole time they keep talking about the spirit. And by the way, the spirit's name is Fanti. Short for fanta- phantasm sure. or something. Yeah, that's that's very Nipponichi. Uh-huh. Yeah, so I'm fanty right now. But I just think it's so smart because the, even the witch will be like, okay, we've been talking too much. I bet you fanty's getting fed up with this shit. Uh, fanty probably wants to get back to the dungeon. So we'll we'll stop talking for now. So they do a ton of nods, you know, to the breaking the fourth wall thing. Anyways, I, I feel like I'm just sensing that you're out like immediately. <laughs> but besides that... It is unique that you're the avatar, but you're the spirit, right? Like, have you ever played a game like that? Yes, you have. That what, is what, a very what game? common, very common Nipponichi thing. Oh, uh, is it? Yeah, they do that. I mean, I haven't played any recently, but I played a lot of their games earlier, and that happens a lot. It's pretty common, also, when you do um, a lot of like Japanese RPGs that are very anime esque, like that. Wait, I've never to... played one Japanese RPG ever where I'm a spirit not controlling. Like I'm not the main character. Oh uh, yeah, you that's, have? That's, yeah, yeah. That has happened a few times. I mean, it's 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 not all the time. It's not mega common, but it's not super unique either. But yeah, I have I have done that. Well, it's is unique this, to me. I've never done it my entire life, and it felt weird and cool. Is this is this a first person dungeon crawler, kind of like an Etrian Odyssey or something like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. First person, okay. and it's you know you use directional pad or, or analog. And the other couple of things that again, these are might be things that you said are in all their games. But I haven't done this much, if at all, which is like a bunch of new techniques and abilities open up as you play, mm-hmm. right? Like, so in the beginning, you can't even take notes, like, but later on, you can like take, like I was telling you uh, last episode, I think, like field note games and stuff. Sure. You can actually like mark things on the map, um, which are actually helpful. And and I, unlike Nobetta and some other games, I didn't get lost because I could track everywhere I went, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that didn't unlock until later. 
And then the ability for like the characters to like use different weapons didn't unlock, but like it's a this little uh, carrot and a stick thing. So every time you go back down in the dungeon, it's not just fighting more monsters getting stronger. It's like every time you go down, you learn new things. Like you can now smash walls. Like I just learned gotcha. that, right? Gotcha. And yeah, so yeah. again, if this is in every one of those types of games, then I it's kind of a cool thing that I've no, played. not not everyone. I mean, I don't mean it to say like everyone is, but you know, I mean, you play as many games as we do. And I went through a phase where I was playing a lot of. Um, Japanese dungeon crawlers for a while, um, you know, the Etrian Odyssey type stuff. I played a lot of the Nipponichi games when they came out mm. and a lot of these, um, you know, like it's not quite an anime titty girl game, but it's like one step away from that. And I was playing a lot of those for a while. It's, you know, some of these things pop up quite, you know, not all the time, but they are, they are not unfamiliar to me. Okay. Well, yeah, I, I think that if any sort of like, you know, partial nudity or sexual themes pop up at some point, it's definitely not like the driving force for this game. This game feels like, a Tim Burton like cartoon series, you know, like it's like weird and dark and, Oh yeah, you could have just died just now. And we, you know, we feed things to other things and, you know, just weird shits going on. But the core game is pretty damn fun. Like you don't like, because they're puppets also, I I don't know how they, you know, um, structure them with other games. You just don't care if they die. Like, and that's actually freeing in a way. Like I, I do want to have to repair them, you know. I don't want to have to do it all the time, and I want to. I, I did one dungeon where I just beat it, right? Like I got to the boss yeah, and I did yeah. beat the boss, and then I came home on my own, you know, first or whatever. But like, yeah, I just I'm not as worried, and that kind of is a freeing thought because also I'm fancy. <laughs> I'm not even fucking there really. I'm just right, kind of like right, right. floating around. So, right. so to I, clarify a little bit, if I can clarify, if I hear you correctly. This is one of those games where you like so these these marionettes you're getting these are like things that you create and they're kind of like you you can probably rename them you can probably maybe decide what class they are or something but they're like yep. these just like they're just like units right like they're not like characters that are in your party they're just like these things that you send out like these disposable characters right but not as not as some so much because they have names and mm-hmm. by the way they they do exhausting list of things that you could put down for them uh-huh. and i didn't want to do it like you can just hit random but it's yeah, like yeah. favorite food and stuff and i'm like holy gotcha. shit really gotcha. but they all have portraits you can pick the different portrait and you're upgrading them so you're not like okay. just throwing them away right um, but they're and, like but they're like troops where it's like you build your own kind of like army based on these things and they're not preset right characters like you yeah can, okay my gotcha my gotcha so that is true but at the same time i thought i would just be throwing them away right away but no, they're upgrading, you know. Right, right, right. And you're right. not like again, you're mainly repairing them. Um, and and I have picked, you know, there's different things like you know where you are on the battlefield and all that stuff, and and uh, and range and, and and melee and stuff. But yeah, it's just relax. It's kind of a relaxing thing. Hmm. Um, the game. Well, you know, dungeon a good dungeon crawler can be really something that you can like just sink yourself into. I mean, I've played a lot of them back in the day. I haven't played one in a while. But man, there was a there was a point at which I played a lot of these. I you know it was like like how I am with roguelikes right now is kind of how I am with dungeon crawlers like back in the day. And I I I played a lot. I think I played almost every one that came out for like PlayStation One and PlayStation Two. So I definitely have have spent my time in the trenches, and I think I'm good on that. Unless some really interesting one comes out here, but the stuff you're just describing to me sounds like. Uh, you know, I'm sure there's some twists, but it sounds pretty pretty familiar if you play a lot of those type of dungeon crawlers. Yeah, I think the production of it and the music design and the weirdness of it is like definitely the draw uh, because I, I can feel like the story is going to get weirder, you know, because yeah. you keep meeting new characters. You meet like the um, 
you know, someone who's working in the, in the building and she looks depressed as shit, you know, <laughs> she's all scattered and I'm like, Oh man, there's something dark happening here. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I just like that idea of like the juxtaposition of going down, you know, really just focusing. I mean, I just had it on. I had to, again, I might be saying something you already know, but like I haven't played a ton of dungeon crawlers. I just had it on in the background while yeah. I was like watching YouTube and it, I didn't care how, like, that it was just sitting there, you know, and the enemies only move when you move. Right. So it's not like a souls like or something that's like right, the monster's right, right. always trying to kill you. So I just let it sit for a minute. I was like, I'm gonna go do something else. And I go do a couple of parts of the dungeon and clear a part of the map, you know, and you get, you know, things for everything. So just progress points you get just for walking around. It's an interesting thing. I'm not mad at it. That's what <laughs> I I'm love saying. that. I love that review. Carlos is not mad at it. I'm not mad at That's it. That's a good I'm review. I'm mad at everything else right now. <laughs> um, and by the way, I'm, a, I'm like one step away from being mad at Nobata, unfortunately. One step away from being mad at Scars Above. Um, this one, later tonight, will be turned on. You know what I mean? Yeah, you can have a lot of fun with these, dude. I mean, uh, like I said, I think I've spent my time in these trenches, but if this is not something you've spent a lot of time with this genre, you can have a lot of fun with these. They, you can really get into them, and uh, there are some really good ones out there for sure. It's relaxing, and it's weird enough that I, I'm going to keep going. So tell me again the title of this game. What was it one more time? Oh, yeah. So it is... I got to scroll back up because it's such a long name. Labyrinth uh, of something? Labyrinth of Galleria, the Moon Society. Galleria, the... Moon Society. Can I make sure I get it in the notes of the show? Okay. Fanty. And now I'm Fanty. Fanty. You were Fanty. Well, everybody's Fanty who joins up. Uh, all right. So check that out. It's weird. Don't you crawl. All right. Check it out. Check it out. All right. Final game of the show. Uh, so this is probably the most notable Souls-like to come out. It's coming from Tecmo Koi, also from Team Ninja, the people who were behind uh, Neo and Neo 2. Uh, it is Wolong Fallen Empire. It just came out to Game Pass a couple days ago. Uh, I got a code from the developers ahead of time. I got about a week ahead of time, uh, but it is now available to everyone. I played a bunch of it. I've definitely got some thoughts. Uh, Carlos, I know you dipped into it. You've got some thoughts. Um, let me give the capsule really quickly, and then do you want to go first? Do you think, or how do you how do you think you want to do? I think you might want to go first. You want me to go first? Yeah, okay. you'll you'll encapsulate more of the game. Uh, and again, I played the demo before the actual Game Pass version. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is the full version. So yeah. I did play even before that. And yeah, we just, played the demo too. Yeah, I remember that. Uh -huh. Yeah, for for kind of uh, past reference, is I had an okay time with it and was like, oh wait, maybe I can play Souls like games again. You know, like I wasn't scared away. Yeah, from the demo yeah, yeah. i remember I, I actually disliked the demo i was oh that's I was right pretty, i liked it more than you did you liked it more demo. than i did yeah. and i was like "Ooh, i'm getting i'm getting sekiro vibes off this demo and i don't like it too much because yeah. sekiro is probably my least favorite of all the FromSoft games and it is famously the one where i quit at the last boss because it was driving me fucking insane because i hated that last boss so um apparently some of the developers from sekiro are working on this game which was a unpleasant surprise to me oh. Uh, did not know that ahead of time, although I guess I should have because there were definitely some similarities. Uh, but what is Wolong? I mean, so for like, if you want like the really, really, really short Cliff's Notes version, um, Wolong is basically it's basically Neo plus Sekiro minus the grappling hook plus Romance of the Three Kingdoms. And that's what you get. That's what that's what uh, that's, that's what a good, that's is. a good way to say it. OK. Yeah. So uh, so this is a Chinese romance of the three kingdoms style game. 
so all I am not super familiar with that though. Full disclosure, I never really got into Romance of the Three Kingdoms. I don't do a lot of those um, Musou games. And so I'm not super familiar with the cast of characters. I've heard some of the names before, of course, a couple of them. It's, it's hard to avoid them, but I'm not familiar with these folks. So um, from a storyline perspective, it's a bit of a lost cause for me because basically there's a conflict, there's a war, there's a bad guy. You can tell the bad guy because he looks like a spooky bad guy. But other than that, characters come and go and they're like, hi, I'm so-and-so. And I'm like, I bet if I was uh knowledgeable about chinese culture i'd probably go oh damn it's that guy but i don't know who he is i don't know who anybody is and they rotate through characters you get like basically a new cast of characters each level and they're just like totally cycling through them it's almost like the sharknado of of these games where like you're just you're seeing like these cameos right and if you don't know who the cameos are then you're just like it's another dude or another lady but i don't know who they are so you know what it feels like it's almost like um like comic books like i would read those you know martial art type comic books with supernatural stuff. Yeah. And it'd be like, and now there's this new, you know, enemy or boss. Mm -hmm. And then that would just be that episode of the comic, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So if you like romance of the three kingdoms, I bet you're probably going to get more out of this than I did in terms of story. I was kind of really wishing they just did like a normal story where I could follow it along with much fewer characters. Anyway, that aside, uh, this is definitely a riff off of Sekiro for sure. Um, And again, I, I liked parts of FromSoft Sekiro where you play a ninja with a grappling hook and a robotic arm. Uh, But that game was so heavily prescriptive. It was all about countering your enemies. And if you were not good at counters, if you were not good at parrying, which I am horrific at, it's a really, yeah, it's a really, really, really difficult game. That was my big frustration with Sekiro was like, I just could never, I could never get the parrying down. And if you can't get the parrying down, fuck you. Um, They take the same basic concept here. But they pull back on it a lot, which I think I'm pretty appreciative of. Um, in general, it's kind of like Neo, where you're like a character. You can uh, choose your character, uh, de- design them how you want, male, female, build, etc., etc. You go through these uh, third-person action levels, uh, a lot of vert- verticality to them, which is great. Uh, but you do not have a grappling hook. Um, but you just run around very, much, very similar to Neo. Feels very similar to Neo in a lot of ways. Um, less gear. Uh, it feels like the systems are more straightforward and easier to understand. I feel like the systems have been refined. It's easier to see how you can level up. It's easier to see what you get from leveling up. It's easier to understand what your gear does and how to make your gear work for you. Like maybe you like a sword, you can change some powers on the sword, change affinities on the sword. You know, it's the usual kind of stuff that you do in a game like this. But I feel like in this particular case, much better and more approachable than Neo. So that's definitely a positive for sure. Uh, I said the story was kind of a negative for me. That's just what it is. Uh, and so this game really got off on the wrong foot for me. And I feel like this is maybe a good place for you to chime in in a second, Carlos. So you play the game. I'm starting the game and you get to this very introductory level. You haven't even gotten to the title card of the game yet, right? You're playing the level. It's like a little village. You kill a couple dudes with your sword. No big deal. Um, the whole gist of the game is that sometimes enemies will have a red circle on them. And when they do a red circle, they're about to do a power move and you need to counter that power move or get the fuck out of the way. Um, so sometimes I can do it pretty well. Certain characters, I can do it almost every time. Uh, like, like a, like a zombie swordsman. He's pretty slow and I know what his animation is. So I can counter that dude almost every time. But then some animations are pretty tricky. Like the mermaids, dude, I cannot counter the mermaids for anything. They get me every time and i've gotten i've gotten got by them a thousand times so the timing of each character is different and depending on your particular skill uh steve haskey friend of the show steve haskey uh 
was like, oh, this game is so fucking easy. I was playing in my sleep. I got through the boss. Blah, 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 blah. I'm so good. I'm Steve Hashby. Wow, that sounds just like him. Yeah, fuck you, Steve. I love Steve. I love Steve. He's it a great guy. Like that doesn't sound like him at all. But that's why he was like, this game is so easy. And I was like, fuck you, Steve. Eat a pile of shit because you suck. Uh, clearly, Steve is better at parrying than I am. I love Steve. In all seriousness, I love Steve. He's a great guy. Um, so if you're good at parrying, you will have an easy time with this game. I am not good at parrying. And so I struggle a little bit. And this really comes to a head in a really interesting way so i'm playing the the, the code of this uh the very first level is very short you kill a couple dudes you get to the boss pretty quick and this boss the very first boss of the game the very first boss is an homage to the final boss of sekiro the oh boss that, what a slap in your face the boss that made me quit sekiro this boss is an homage to that boss i could not believe my fucking eyes it was the same battlefield he looks different but he's got kind of the same approach you got to counter him like crazy he's hyper aggressive you're in a field of flowers it is obviously an homage to the final fucking garbage boss of Sekiro which I hated and made me quit so that was not a great way to start the game and full disclosure Mm. it took me about three hours to get past that boss I was dying and dying and dying and dying and dying because I am trash at pairing I am I just am Always have been. Always uh, will be. Always yeah. will be. It's just not a thing that I'm good at. And yeah. this is one boss where you have to parry this guy. If you can't parry, you're not going to get past it, right? It's so right. Yeah, you're I'm gonna right. I'm going to pause here for a moment, Carlos. I imagine you must have gotten to this guy, right? Yeah, I got to him, and I definitely have thoughts. But to, to, your, to add to your thing, I mean, that I didn't know that that is basically, you know, it seems like an homage to that Full-on homage. It is, yes. Because what I heard to the grapevine is that all the bosses after that are not as difficult. Nowhere near as difficult. They're super easy compared to that first game. up. It's super fucked up. This, okay, I have to start, I'll just say, obviously, that's another reason why I'm over games when developers want to do things like that. Uh, Fuck you. You want me me to rage quit? Because that's how you do it. You make the first boss harder than the other boss after it. That doesn't make any sense. There's no logic behind that. Um, so that's fucking dumb. And I also ate shit to that boss. But um, the th- the other thing we lo- left out in the explanation of the game, which I think is identifying its main difference from Souls-like and Sek- Sekiro, mm-hmm. is that they have these two different meters. Now, the meters are your mm-hmm. own like fortitude rank or something. And then there's like the battle flags, which yes. is like the, the the world rank or something. I forgot the names for these. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you have your own personal rank, which is not your level, okay? And then you have the world rank from these battle flags. Those are two yes. different things. No, three yes. different things. So when you go to the battle flags, which are like the bonfires, you can upgrade yourself. And I, of course, made myself a tanky character. So you sure. put everything to hit points. I had like 300 hit points right away. And um, that is, that is the right way to go, by the way. That is the correct way to go. I think that is. It made the game like yes. fun and interesting. I didn't feel like I was just eating shit the whole time. Um, and then you know you can upgrade your basically your 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 internal whatever it is rank up to twenty five. I found out. Yeah, and that's I'll the hard tell cap. you that's yep. the the cheese mode that I that I played around <clears> with, which I'll tell you about. But anyway, so you get that up high. But of course, if you eat shit, it'll start going down again. Um, and then there's the kind of the overall rank thing, which helps you in, in the field and, and fighting right, bosses right, right. and stuff. So anyways, that's interesting. And I like that because if you do, like I told you in DMs, I found a couple of different ways in quotes to cheese. It's more just like using its own systems against it, just like Dark Souls. You can basically just respawn 
um, all the enemies in a small area, beat all of them, come back to the flag, rinse and repeat, right? Yeah, yeah. So I did that, leveled up myself to 300 hit points, made myself 25 pretty much at all times. Even if I get hurt or hit, whatever, it would go down to 24 at the most. So I was fighting pretty quickly, yeah. Yeah, I was fighting people at rank three, and so it was much easier. And then, by the way, by doing that mode, when you first start the game, you're just zero, and you find this monster, and you're like, Remember, I think I told you, I'm like, I found the boss. And you're like, that's yeah, the, the tiger boss. guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the tiger feels like a boss if you're zero. Sure. Because it's 15. And so I went back at 25, two shots, right? Yeah. Dead. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, that's an interesting mechanic. I like that thing. Like, that was kind of fun to me. Yeah, yeah. This is, so it's, it's an interesting system. Um, that's one of the things that I like about this game. And full disclosure, I actually do like this game, despite the fact that it starts off. I almost I almost quit the game on the first boss. Like full disclosure, I almost quit because I was like, "This is this is definitely a slap in the face." Like you said, um, I feel like it's a horrifically poor decision to put such a difficult boss at the beginning of the game. Not only is he generally difficult, but number one, you're still learning how to play the game. Number two, you don't have any gear. You don't have your magic yeah. spells. You don't have yeah. your helper animal. You don't have your friends. You don't have any of the stuff that you will like immediately get after you get past that boss to help you. You, And like, you just, you don't even know what you're doing. And that boss is just a piece of shit. By the way, Asterix, I didn't beat the boss yet. Okay. I mean, I I, I get it. So ready to nope out. I get it. I mean, I almost noped out and I've, I have talked to people on Twitter who know that I'm playing the game and they're coming to me and they're like, dude, I'm going to just nope out. And I'm like, I mean, I don't blame you. Like I almost did myself. It is such a poor decision it is the Sekiro dick measuring on an epic scale that continues across games, across Ugh. publishers. It's that fucking developer. Whoever the developer is that decided that, I want to kick him in the balls because I feel like it's the most awful decision ever, which is terrible because once you get past that boss, if you get past that boss, and a lot of people don't, um, the game is way easier. Like none of the other bosses are that hard until you get maybe to like uh, more than three quarters of the game. There's another guy that's pretty tough like that. But by that time, you've got hella armor hella levels you've spec your guy out the way you want you've got two buddies to go with you that are ai characters so you're going as a team of three like there's shit you can do to like modify the game's difficulty yourself that you don't have any of those options when you're fighting that first boss and he's just rolling you all over the place man he's so aggressive it's the worst i mean i even emailed back to pr and i'm like is this a joke like people are going to nope out of this before they even get past. They're not even going to see the title card of the game, dude. I didn't see the title card. Of the yeah. Game. I like, why, do you, why are you having people bounce? Because there's a lot of good stuff in this game. And once you passed it, it's never that hard. Oh, it's like the hardest me, thing in the world. You're making me more mad because of oh. the things that are afterwards. Because what do I want to do? And I love the idea of having AI companions in this game. Yeah, you can have two with you all the time. Like you're, I, you're a group. I love the other thing about you know, using this this feature that I just told you about where yeah. I felt like I could play it my way, you know, which was, you know, grind a little bit um, and then still have it to fight people. But I felt like, yeah, I, I could fight the monsters yeah, in my yeah. in my way. And then also, by the way, even doing that cheese mode or whatever it's called, just grind mode, I'll call it, I did get new gear pieces, by the way. Oh, yeah, you do get some pretty good... You get some good gear pieces just by the sheer number of drops because you're going to be replaying that level 100,000 times. And so... Right. But the law of averages, you're going to get like the best possible drops because you'll do it a thousand times. Well, I did a lot, but I still didn't get enough to to your point to be where I felt comfortable no, fighting not that enough. boss. No, it's not enough. I was like, you will, I have you will plus not. one or something. You know what I mean? So okay, so that makes me so angry. What I'm going to do? Is, it is really poor. But hold on, let me let me tell you this. Okay, let me tell okay. you this. So that's the worst decision. Probably the worst decision we're going to see all year. 
putting that boss first is so fucking stupid and so disrespectful to players. And honestly, it's bad for the team because nobody's going to see the rest of the game and the rest of the game is really fun. Yeah. Um, so what I like about this is those systems you mentioned. Um, so there, the flags, there are flags scattered throughout the level. Every time you, you get a flag, it means that when you die, you don't drop down in experience further. Like the more flags you get, the higher your experience stays when you die, right? So like if you have no flags and you die, you get back to level zero. And it's really tough because everybody's tougher than you. But if you get a bunch of flags, like your level will be like level 15. So when you die, you go back to level 15. You don't go back to level zero. Yeah. So you're tougher when you keep going, right? And like you said, if you want to take some time to grind, you can hard cap at level 25 and you're over leveled everybody else in level. And so you're way tougher, um, which rewards you for exploring and finding the flags and also rewards exactly. you for playing the game. But also on top of that, once you get some gear and once you unlock the blacksmith and stuff, you can, this is, I don't want to get too in the weeds here, but basically you can put some stats on your gear that multiplies the amount of experience you get. And so you level up so fast. I'm like 35 levels past the recommended level of where I'm supposed to be. And I don't even feel like I've been grinding. I've just been playing each level, but I get so much extra experience. I'm like, level up, level up, level up. Every time I get to flag, level up. And I'm so fucking tough, dude. Like, it's, and it's, it's not even cheating. It's just like using the system the way that they want you to use it. I mean, I could put more attack. I could put more defense. I could put more experience. I could put more gold, like whatever. And just, you know, put it out the way you want it to, to play for you. And I'm like, well, I need more levels because I'm shit at parrying. So I need to survive when I miss the parries. And that's exactly what happens. I can take a bunch of, of hits and I don't die. Plus, I got my bros rolling with me. And like, it's just a way fun game to play. Like, it's just a really good time. Um, I will say that when you hit the parries, you feel like a god because you like stop this powerful move and you kick their ass and like it's really flashy and fun. Um, but even if you don't manage to hit those, it's still really playable. Um, they do stealth in an interesting way where you don't sneak around, but you have a stealth stat to where the higher it is, the less they notice you. And so you just kind of like casually walk around and just like slip behind a dude and he doesn't notice you. So you're not like looking for ledges and rooftops and shadows. You're just mm. like... I'm just going to be kind of quiet and this guy's not going to notice me because my stealth is real high and you stab in the back and like, you know, you do kind of yeah. like fun stuff like that. Levels are interesting. There's some really cool bosses that pop up. One of the most interesting bosses I've seen in a while is in this game, which is really fascinating. Um, there's a lot of really, really fun gameplay and I like this game. I genuinely do like this game, but getting past that boss is a, the most ridiculous get good dick measuring bullshit I've seen all year. Terrible decision. And I just really wish they hadn't done that because I've already talked to several people who have noped out and not come back. You're on the verge of noping out, it seems like. But there's so much good game here. It's just a real shame. What I was going to say before you said all that, which maybe even again make me want to play it more, because um, I do also like the, the the graphics of it and I like yeah. the, the fluidity of the movement and stuff um, and the double jump and things, is that I'm going to go to YouTube and there's this one YouTuber called, um, I'm looking it up right now, Tyr Tyrannicon. And what he does in a very funny voice, he says, here's how to cheese. Oh, I've boss, seen that whatever, guy. Yeah, right? I've yeah. seen that guy, yeah. And sometimes he's running the money, and sometimes he's still saying something that's hard, you know? Right, right, right. Because he's like, just do this. Get this one thing, and then do your double jump, and then do this thing. And I'm like, yeah, I can't do those things you're saying. Right, right, right. <laughs> so I don't know if he has a good boss, like, you know, guide for this. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know that there's even a thing. My only suggestion to you, dude, um, not, my only suggestion, number one, see, I don't know if this is true. It was not active in the pre-release period when i was at the boss um 
But now that this game is available, see if you can call in some help. Maybe somebody can help you. If you go to the flag that's right before his arena and you go to the online, you may be able to recruit somebody. I don't know if you can or not, but maybe. You know, you know how much I hate that, but... I know, but like there's got, you know, you know, there's people who are sitting there waiting to help people out with that boss because it's the biggest hurdle in the game. Right. So like there's probably some if you can, I don't know if you can, but if you can, I bet you there's somebody waiting to help somebody out. And number two, the only thing I can say is get real good at trying to parry that guy's moves. And if you get past the first uh, first phase and get to the second phase, which was a real depressing thing for me to find out there was a second phase. You only have to get through half of it. If you get through half, if you survive long enough... You can do a special um, power-up. I saw that. Yeah, know. a special power-up comes, and it's it's a win button. So you need uh, to just get through okay, 1.5 well, phases. So I got through one phase, by the way. I okay, definitely so you, got, were, you were almost... You had like 0.5 of a phase left. Without even doing any sort of move or parry, I just you know got, made myself 25, had the armor, had everything ready. And by the way, that's where I'm at right now. So I'm not like... Going back to square square right, one, right, 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 right. So when I whenever I get to them, I can unless I get mad and sad. You know how in Souls like games you just get down sure. in yourself, you get defeated. You then get you defeated. just eat shit like in seconds. Oh yeah. But if I'm in the mode, um, I got him in the second phase, and when he's second phase, he looked like a monster. I'm like, fuck this yeah. game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then I did like look in online, and it's like, yeah, just beat him a little bit, and then you'll get this special move. Exactly. Exactly. I so. might go back. All these games I'm bringing tug on the show, which I should be over. I'm going to go back to all of them once, but guess what? Guess what, games? All right? Here's what really the episode's called. Carl's is maybe over video games because I'm going to go back to all of them once, and all of them have one chance. <laughs> and once they miss that chance, they're deleted from my system. It's probably the best thing to do. It's probably That's what I'm do. doing, all right, yeah. including Wolong, even though it's Game Pass game. Yeah. See, I mean, I, I don't blame you, dude. I don't blame you. It's a... It is the worst decision I've seen in quite a while. In, in fact, it's so bad. I even emailed PR and I'm like, you got to be kidding me. This is ridiculous. I mean, people like Steve Haskey got through it and he said it was so easy. So again, love you, Steve, but also fuck you, Steve. Uh, but wow, for people you like said us. fuck you, Steve, twice in this episode. Yeah, I'm going to say I'll again, say, fuck you, Steve. Fuck I you, like Steve. He's a nice guy. I love guy. Steve. He's a great guy. I love Steve. I'm not even going to like put his pairing skills up on the podcast for debate because I don't know Superman what Superman pairing skills. But I think he's really good at those types of games. He yes. is. He is. He's a great guy. I love Steve. Don't Don't, don't confuse it. Um, but yeah, if, but a lot of people are bouncing off of that and it's a shame. It's a shame because I'm having fun. I think the level design is great. There's some really cool sections. I love, uh, you know, changing my character up. I got some cool weapons and it's just, it's just a good time. I mean, it's not anything revolutionary. If you've played Neo or Neo two, then you've got a pretty good idea of what to expect. It's just a little bit more Sekiro flavored, um, with all the parries and stuff, but I think well, it's still a really fun, solid game. It just gets off on absolutely the wrong foot. Wait, just one more other thing that's bad about yeah, it is that yeah. they they literally in the beginning of the game they say you can parry or mm -hmm. you can dodge roll. Yes. They don't say you have to parry ever. Yeah. No. They're making you making these moments where you have to. Because if you dodge roll in that first boss, he doesn't give a shit. He doesn't give a shit if you dodge roll. He just yeah. he finds you. And by the way, that's the other thing that these fucking developers do is the magnetism. Uh, it's bullshit. It's not anything based on reality. That so, guy's got it turned up to like a hundred. Yeah, that you're not even is, near. Yeah. I wasn't anywhere near him on the field, and I'm dodging, and I'm not even anywhere near him, and it's just I'm instantly yes. dead. So but that's a bunch of garbage. Here's and, a secret. Here's a secret. Yeah, that's exactly what it feels like to fight the last boss of Sekiro. Cool. <laughs> never, never play that game. I know. Ever. Never play Sekiro. Right. Um, so the other funny thing, real quick, I thought I mentioned is that there is one guy with you in the beginning to yeah. show you that you can have AI companions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The only thing he ever did 
is he throws these little ninja stars or something. But he did take out one archer. And I was like, oh, good on you, buddy. Thanks, man. And then when he gets to the first boss, he goes, this motherfucker. He goes, hey, stand back for a little while. Heal up if you can. I got this. He says, I got this to me. That little motherfucker. It's a joke. He's wildly overestimating his skills. He is. And then he says it more than once because I I, got to the second stage and he goes, again, (laughs) I got this. Stand back. And I'm like, I am standing back. He still hit me. Yeah, yeah. It's it's kind of a joke. Um, it's, it's a it's a mean joke. Yeah, Fuck you. A, That's it is a mean, mean joke. Spirited for sure. So again, Wolong. I think if you want a Souls like, um, definitely something in the Neo category. I think it's good. I'm having a good time. I'm almost done with it. But that first hurdle is a motherfucker of a hurdle, and I don't know that everybody's going to get past it. So, dude, I really hope that they get off of their dick measuring and just be like, you know what? We need to scale this guy back. If he even just gave you like a minute to breathe, he's just on you and on you and on you and on you and and super and super and super. And it's like, Oh my God. It's like, he's just kicking you in the face. Like so often it's, it's, it's really difficult. But anyway, once you get past that, it's all great. Unfortunately, a lot of people won't get past that, which is a really poor decision, but overall I actually do really like this game. I'm having a pretty good time with it. I'm almost done. So I, I do like it and I wish it didn't start off that way. Okay, here's my perfect sign-off for me. Yep. Um, Woe long, possibly so long. So long. There you go. All right. Bringing it home. Which is a pretty good episode name. That was pretty good. Okay. All right, folks, that is the show. Uh, Thank you very much for listening. Uh, Before we go, though, we do have some couple things before we go. Uh, Yeah, I got a couple. What do you got, Carlos, before we go? Our non-games bullshit here. I just have one movie, and it's, oh, Knock at the Cabin. That's what it is. Knock at the Cabin? Okay. Is that right? That doesn't sound right. I'm sure film. the word door is in there somewhere. That's exactly it. it. No, there's no door. It's knock, knock at, at the, the cabin. cabin. And although, are we in a, what's it called? Um, what's the thing? A Miranda effect? Not Miranda. What? Um, That's when you go get arrested. No, the it's warning? the, um, what's the Mandela effect? The Mandela effect. Oh, the man. Yes, I am. The, uh, yes, I'm imagining the word door. Because maybe it was, it used to be knock at the cabin door or knock at the door. And now in like, I don't know what. A month it's changed because we're still in the Mandela effect. Or maybe there is a maybe there is a movie called A Knock at the Door. Maybe I'm getting him confused. I don't know. There might be. Anyways, Knock Knock at at the the Cabin. cabin. Is this M. Night? It is M. Night Shyamalan, who I have to give, you know, um, I keep trying to give him a a third and fourth and fifth chance. A 19th chance. Yeah. And I do like some of his earlier stuff. I do too. Um, I've heard really good things about Servant, which is on Apple, and I keep meaning to watch it. So I might actually start that series. Um, enough ne- uh, enough positive reviews have been for it. Okay. Um, haven't liked one of his movies in a very long time. <laughs> and so I will say that I really like it. I don't love it, but I really like it. It kept my it keeps anybody's attention. Okay. I, I, it'll keep anyone's attention all the way up until the very end, which is hard to do in a movie. Okay. Especially in our you know the attention spans that we all have right now. Uh, it keeps making you guess. You think you finally have figured it out, and then you. You still are questioning it. I like that a lot. I mean, it's it's really weird that it would do that. Um, I brought it up because again, it had it left me with this very creepy feeling, and mm-hmm. then I went and played creepy video games, so it kind of fit. Um, but when it comes about the yeah, it's a psychological horror film. They call it uh, the setup, which I can tell you because it gets you excited to want to watch it. Is that a bunch of people show up out of the woods? They're coming out of the woods. They meet um, two guys. It's a same sex couple. Um, they have a adopted daughter, um, and she's adorable. 
and they're all in the cabin for like a vacation. And these people show up out of the woods and they say they want to come in because they have to do something uh, because it's the end of the world. Like the end of the world could happen if they don't let them in. <clears throat> and okay. by the way, all these all of these people um, that want to come in have weapons. <laughs> okay, that's okay. That changes things. Sure. It, it definitely changes things. One of them is that big guy. I always forget his name. Uh, he's in uh, he's Drax or whatever Drax in. Oh, Dave. Uh, yep. I know you're talking about that the guy. guy. Yeah, 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 I know. I know you're talking Drax about. Drax in um, um, Guardians of the Galaxy. Yes. Anyways, he's the former one of the main wrestler. Guys. Yeah. Former wrestler. And uh, oh, also the guy in Harry for Harry Potter. What's his name? The redheaded guy. Oh, uh, I know. Look. Yep. Anyways, him. That guy, the redheaded guy, Rupert yep. Grint. Yeah, yes. yeah. And he's by the way, incredible actor. Holy crap! Especially he's a good as an actor. adult he really actor. Is, yeah. yeah. So, anyways, they're all there. Dave Batista. That's what it is. Dave Batista. Dave Batista. And uh, they're looking, you know, kind of weird and shady, and that's the setup. And when I mentioned earlier, like politics, they bring like real world shit into it a little bit. Yeah. But they f- they make it fantasy too. So. Well, that was my question. So let me ask you a question. Yeah. And we don't have to spoil anything for anybody, but you we've can already just said of, enough. That's yeah. That's we've already lot. said more than enough. But here's the thing: I was I saw this and I'm like, oh, maybe we're gonna watch this. But then I heard somebody saying, um, and I I I don't know if this is a spoiler or not. This is just chatter I heard on Twitter. They said that they bring. Uh, they bring real world politics into it, and apparently this this movie falls on the conservative side. Would you find that to be true? Oh, that's incorrect. Yeah, that's why is that incorrect? Is it not true? Not well, true. It's not okay. even like in the realm of true. I, Interesting. I'm so afraid okay. of. That's why I fuck Twitter and fuck all social media. I don't know. I mean, I love social media for entertainment. I shouldn't say that because um, I use it every day and I create content. But when it comes to like getting your messages, I don't know. We, we can agree to disagree on that. I, I think it's lots of times more problematic than it is uh, helpful but um that's wildly untrue like okay, it's not so even you, close. so you disagree with that because that was my one it's not even a disagreeing like, it's objectively wrong like that's okay not, that's not that what this movie's about this movie's about a very specific thing that's fantastical it has okay. it has nothing to do with that other because that was that was my one thing where it's like i don't want this to be some kind of a stealth movie where at the end they're going to say Trump was right or some oh, bullshit geez. like that. You know no, what I'm no, saying? No, 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 So I don't want, I'm not in for that fun. Kind of that thing you should they... watch this movie. It's really cool okay. and weird. And again, it takes it a lot for anybody. I think right now living in 2023 to stick with a movie and be interested into the whole time. I don't know. It's like, I really needed to know at the very last second what was going to okay. happen. Okay. okay. Um, but yeah, I, I can see what that is. And I, this is a minor spoiler for anybody. And it's helpful for you, Brad, um, there's like real world events that happen on TV in that, in that movie. Uh-huh. I can't tell why I can't tell you why, but that's all like there's real world events okay. that have happened, you know, but then there's like a ton of fantastical things, right? This is a fantasy movie, you know? Right. Gotcha. Okay. Anyway, that's fair. That's fair. Okay. So yes, check it out. Knock out of the cabin. Uh, I'm, you know, he's got one in the books for a new movie that I like by him. Okay. There's one. There's, There's one. one. Okay. Uh, you got anything else? That's it. That's all I got. Okay. I just watched a movie called Down. Uh, it's also called, I believe, The Shaft. I think they changed the title of it. Uh, this was a movie that was supposed to come out in 2001. Oh, this is a horror movie. It is. But you know what else happened in 2001? 9-11. Uh, oh. 9-11. I don't want to watch this at all. So what happened is they made this movie before 9-11 happened. It's in New York, and they feature the Twin Towers in, like, every other fucking backdrop scene. It's always on t- – it's, it's always in the background wherever you're looking. It's like when you see a TV show about Seattle, 
no matter where they are in Seattle, the Space Needle's in the background, you know what I mean? Mm. It's the same thing. The Twin Towers are always in the background in every fucking scene. And on top of that, at the end of the movie, they start talking about terrorists. They start talking about terrorists with planes. They start talking about people blowing up bombs, and they talk about all this stuff in the Middle East. All this happened before 9-11, and so when 9-11 happened, they're like, oh my god. We basically look like we're making fun of 9-11, and so we got to kill this movie. It didn't come out, apparently. They just they put it on a shelf or something. And it came out, uh, you know, just direct to DVD or something. I heard about it from a friend on Twitter. And you can watch it for free on Prime. It's like a free rental. So it's like one of those, like, stock films they have that they're not even making any money off of, right? Mm. But what it is, it's not even about that. It's about um, a haunted elevator. It's about an elevator. And we... We're in the mood. Me and my son were in the mood for a spooky movie. And we're like, oh, I heard this was good. And we, we rented it. It's in 2001, but it feels very 90s. It's it like got a lot of big stars from back then. Uh, a lot of cameo faces you'll recognize. And it's kind of goofy. The The main guy plays it a little bit too straight, but everybody else in the movie is kind of wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Um, and it's literally about a building that has haunted elevators and it kills a bunch of people with the elevators. And it's dumb and silly, mm. but it's funny. There's a couple of really funny deaths in it. And it's just... Uh, the final scene is kind of absurd and ridiculous, and it's just like, it, it, I think it was worth a watch if you like really kind of campy, weird, bizarre movies, and it's also kind of worth a watch just to see how on the nose they were with what happened with 9-11, even though it happened like months and months before 9-11, yeah. so just really prophetic and strange and ultimately unfortunate because everybody in this movie, I'm sure, thought they were excited and, yeah, hey, I'm going to be in this movie, and then all of a sudden, yeah, yeah. whoops kill the movie so anyway i thought it was good down i thought it was pretty good um i got there's a big to do uh in social media about the netflix masters of the universe cartoon the cgi one which is like the revamped more kid friendly one where he-man is much stockier uh it's got a little bit of a power rangers vibe to it uh more of a more of a family friendly sort of a thing um, I really liked it a lot. I, it's kind of strange at first because when you see the graphics, it's kind of off-putting because everybody feels really, um, their character models are really kind of like uh, ex- over-exaggerated and, and distorted. But once we watched it, I really liked the story. The story was great, uh, written by Rob David and a few other people. Um, and I just think it was a really great reimagining of He-Man. Uh, really liked it a lot. And I was really excited for the next season. One of the voice actors came on Twitter and said, oh, it was not renewed for more, which sent everybody into a spiral. They're like, oh, shit, did it get canceled? Because Netflix cancels everything, right? They cancel everything at the drop of a hat. So it seemed very believable that it would be canceled. So we were left up in the air about, oh, is it not coming back? Well, there's still so much more story to tell what happened. Um, and right now it's still a big question mark. Uh, the voice actress came back later and said, oh, I didn't say it was canceled. I just said we weren't renewed for more. Maybe that's not the same thing. And then... I was hearing rumors that Netflix and other countries announced that it was coming back, but not American Netflix. And so I don't know what's going on, but I really want the show to come back. I really hope it does get renewed. I think it's a great reimagining. I think it's a great uh, story. It's really fresh and interesting. I like the characters and I think any family or any kids these days would really appreciate it. Um, So I hope it comes back. Netflix, if you're listening, I know you're listening. Please don't cancel this show. Just bring it back. Please do the right thing. At least finish the story. Don't leave us hanging. Please, please, please. Okay. All right. Check it out. Last thing. Mandalorian season three just dropped. First episode. Uh, did you like the Mandalorian? You didn't like the Mandalorian, or did you? I did like the first season. Uh, second season, still good. Got a little long in the tooth for me. I know that's uh, sacrilegious to say. No, that's true. I a little too Star Warsy too. They did, yeah. started doing like the fan service bullshit. In well, when, once, yeah, was it? My, okay, spoiler for Mandalorian, everybody. Uh, Luke shows up. 
Yeah. Uh, dumb as fucking shit I've ever seen in my life. I just was so mad at that moment because they it wasn't earned. It, it came out of nowhere. It just it felt like fan service. And if I hadn't said that on the show before, I'm saying it now. The whole yeah. season was beautiful and well-crafted. Uh, that was at the end of season one, I believe. And it was like, you didn't need any of that. You know, it just, it, it, it was great on its own. Yeah. Um, and then also I didn't care for Boba Fett and all that stuff. And I mean, I'm over a lot of things nowadays. Um, I'm interested to hear what you have to say, but I, I don't know if I'll go back. Well, I thought season one was pretty fantastic. Um, I do agree that the the thing I liked the most about The Mandalorian was like it's in the Star Wars universe, but it felt like a brand new story. Like we weren't tied to the Jedi shit. Yep. We weren't tied to like all Tatooine. We weren't tied to like all the stuff that just comes up over and over and over that all the fanboys just can't let go of. Right. And that was why I thought season one was so great. Um, season two, like, you know, starting off with the Luke thing, like you said, um, which was not great for me, but, you know, whatever. But season two was really about, hey, all you nerds who like read the books and who know the extended universe, um, here's a bunch of like stuff that's really exciting for you and doesn't mean anything to anybody else. And it started to kind of fall apart as a show. It, it just came to be about, you know, name checking the stuff that the Star Wars people really wanted to see. And like, you know, the regular people like me who I've seen Star Wars and I'm a fan, but like I don't I don't dive deep in the lore. You know, I don't know all the ins and outs. I don't know like the encyclopedic stuff. Um, it just became like, who's this supposed to be? And why are we? what's this robot about and what's happening? And it just, it didn't really hold together as well. It didn't stand on its own, which was disappointing. Um, still, I mean, still good. I mean, I still watched it, but I, I wanted them to pull away from that. So we now are back to season three, which is interesting because between season two and season three happened to be the Boba Fett series, which at first I was excited about because, you know, Boba Fett before was one of the coolest characters in star Wars, really mysterious, cool costume. Everybody wondered what happened to him. What's his story. George Lucas got mad, threw him in the in the Sarlacc pit and tried to get rid of him, but the fans brought him back. And it's funny because his series was god-awful. It was just the pits. That's what I hear. Um, it was so bad, and it was interesting because George Lucas tried his best to kill off uh, Boba Fett, couldn't do it. Fans still loved him. They brought this series back, and boy, they did a very thorough job of making him boring, uninteresting, and unlikable. I have zero interest in Boba Fett right now, and I wish they hadn't even brought him back. But the interesting thing is that at the end of Boba Fett, it basically became uh, Mandalorian season 2.5. Like Mandalorian showed up, he took over for two whole episodes and then he took over for half of the final episode. So if you didn't watch the last uh, couple episodes of Boba Fett, you were you kind of got lost because you're like, what happened? Stuff happened when you weren't watching, which I think is dumb. Oh, that is weird. Yeah, Boba Fett should have been Boba Fett and, you know, Mando can make a little appearance, but like literally 2.5 episodes of that series was just the Mandalorian, which is so fucking weird. Anyway... Um, Mandalorian season three starts off with an episode that's like 35 minutes, which is not enough. They needed more to kind of get it off the ground, but I'm glad it's back. Um, they're bringing back a character. I'm not going to spoil it, but they're bringing back a character that I'm very excited about who was established in season one. So it's not like one of these deep lore Star Wars people. It's somebody that we knew in season one, which is great. Uh, don't know how that's going to go, but we'll see. And I, I hope that they just tell a story. Don't, don't tie into the Jedi shit. Don't bring back any more, you know, of the the Luke Skywalker era characters. Just just tell your own Mandalorian story. That's what I want. I'm hoping that's what they're going to do. Seems like it's off to a good start. I'm going to keep my fingers crossed and we'll see what happens. I might. I don't know. I'm probably not going to, but we'll see. I'll listen to what you have to say and what other people have to say. But um, yeah, I'm glad that they brought back a character from season one. Also, I'm a little Pedroed out right now. He's everywhere, man. He is everywhere. Because right now, I was going to say, I should also mention that I'm all caught up on Last of Us. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah, I mean, I, mean, I don't know. There's like two shows to watch the same actor in. But um, 
Yeah. He's also being a dad in both shows. He's like the he's like That's the world's true. sexiest, most popular dad right now. So uh, I'm on the fence of the sexy part. But anyways, um <laughs> in The Last of Us, by the way, they did do a lot of shot for shot stuff from that DLC, which I think both of us played, right? The Left Behind. Left Behind. That was a, that was a ten out of ten for me. That was a great DLC. Yeah, and I think the episode was, you know, pretty good. Um they changed a couple small things. But, they did, yeah. Um nothing that like, you know, made me think like, whoa, they're taking chances. You know, it's like no, that's that story they wanted to tell. It was pretty faithful. It was pretty faithful yeah. to the game, yeah. Um, but again, it's almost like when I was watching it, I thought of you, you know, little Brad voice again pops up sometimes in a cloud. It's, <laughs> it's annoying. Um, and it's like, uh, hey, I don't want to just watch the game, you know? Like, yeah. this yeah. is me just watching the game. I yeah. already played the game. And I was like, Brad, you're right. And then I'm like, oh, I'm talking to myself again. And then you're um, talking to me. Well, I guess I was, but was I? <laughs> Anyway, so I'm still watching that series. Like, I'm not not gonna watch it. Um, same, same. But uh, as you can hear my voice, I'm I'm over a lot of things right now. Yeah, it's just my my yeah. mode is just like nothing's getting to me. But but that's uh, how I felt too. I mean, I was watching it. I li- I literally gave the DLC a ten out of ten. That was one of my favorite experiences yeah, when yeah. I played that game. But as I'm watching it, and the wife just played through it, you know, last week or whatever, I'm just like, okay, well, this is literally what I played before, and it's just like I'm just watching the game that I played. Like, why am I? Why am I watching this? <laughs> yeah, I, I'm watching it, but like it, it's I'm not move. It's not moving me. This is not an emotional experience. I'm not saying that this needs to be held up at any time. And it's funny because you know people keep saying, "Oh, the best story ever told in video games." You know, despite being an obvious PR ploy, people are running with it. And I'm just like, it's just, it's just another post-apocalyptic story, dude. Like it doesn't really hold up on TV and movies. It really doesn't. So, well, I will say this: I remember watching that episode uh, Left Behind because I yeah. again, I knew everything was going to happen. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was playing uh, Little Nobetta. <laughs> <laughs> I was straight up playing Little Nobetta. Turned to my TV and it had it on the computer, so it was playing on like to the left side of me. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I was listening to it, but I just was like, wasn't always watching. Um, I will say this one thing. I just this is something positive uh, that I can leave on. Is holy shit? Have you talked about it yet? Um, Poker Face. No, it's on my list. We haven't gotten to it. We started watching um, Lockwood and Company, uh, but Poker yeah. Face was the other one. It was like either either one or the other. We we decided to go with Lockwood because we wanted to see some ghosts. But okay. Poker Face is real high on our list right now. It's uh, first episode pilot, Chef's Kiss. Okay, okay? okay. like. Perfect. Like I can't, you can't do a better, it's like an indie film. It's like a, one of those dark indie films where you're like, there's something kind of, cause she can like tell when people lie. That's mm-hmm, the whole mm-hmm. magical element. Mm-hmm. So there's that magicalness in it, but the rest of it's like uh procedural almost, or like a, you know, uh, what's it called? Like X-Files where you're yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. what is this one going to be about? And each right. one's its own like monster of the week. Episode of the week or something. Yeah. And sometimes I don't like that, but if the through line is interesting enough, which is that she can tell people, you know, are lying. That's always going to be interesting to me. Sure. And I like her, um, Natasha, Leone, Natasha. Right? Yeah. And, um, I just think that like, I'm already on like the second episode right now. And I just think that they're going to jump back to that through line. Like they're going to have something come back from the pilot, but they don't need to, cause she's traveling now, you know? And so people called it like Columbo or something. It's just like a detective show, but with this supernatural that she can like tell that. Just a little touch of magical realism. Touch of magical realism, man. Chef's kiss for that show. It's it's really All good. Right. So well, far. that's good because we're gonna we definitely are gonna watch it. And we just, like I said, it was one or the other, and we went this way. But we're gonna definitely get to that one like ASAP. So. All right. All right, folks. That is the show. And wait, what wait, show wait, wait, it was? Wait, wait, wait. What? What? Not what? another game. But I don't think I 
fully uh, expressed my uh, frustration with games. And it, here's what it is. I peppered it throughout the whole show. Here's the okay. finale of it. The finale. The finale is, which I've kind of hinted at, I, I, I'm an old person, all right? I'll sound like Natasha for a minute. This is what she sounds like. I sound like, <laughs> you know, Audie sounds like Natasha, and Natasha sounds like Audie. So here's the thing. Uh, Brad and I have been playing games since they were games. They weren't games before, and then Brad and I showed up, and then there were games. All right? We were at That's the beginning of games. That's a fact. We know all the templates. We've seen every template of every game. That's it. That's a fact. Objective. These are all object, objective facts, okay? I'm going to clip this out just as a standalone piece for our podcast. <laughs> these are objective facts. We played every game. We played every uh, template of game. Uh, it, for me, in this particular stage of my life, I need something massive and new. It's got to be something that I have never even done before. And it has to be so realized because we have the PS5. We have the Series X. Uh, I'm not a Switch person, as you know. I can't do it. I can't, I can't do it. I'm sorry. But I, I can't go back in the, in the way of graphics. I need the fidelity. I need the physics. And I need the AI. All right? I need, I know, scared of the AI overlords. But in games, I need this ability for creation, differentiation. Uh, um, you, know, you don't know what's going to happen. Play the game you, how you want to play it. I'm just going to put an asterisk here and say Elden Ring fucking destroyed. What did it have that the other games didn't have? What I'm explaining, which is I can play the game how I want to, and yet it still has its own framework. I think if, if, if I'm going to have a good time and spend a long time in a game, I'm going in and out of my character's voice, is <laughs> it has to have this unbelievable uh, not mixture of realism, mixture of AI, and mixture of you know, immersiveness and story, or I just don't want to play it anymore. I'm so at that point, Brad. This is where I'm at, and this is why I'm over games. Makes sense. Makes sense. I it's a very say... unique... Is it a unique place to be in? I don't know if anybody else feels like me. I mean, I think we all probably get to that point at certain points. I mean, I've definitely... I'm not there now, but I have been there before. So you I'm think sure it's a temporary probably... moment for me? Yeah, I think, I think it's probably a temporary moment. You know, you'll feel that way for a while. I've felt that way before. I'm sure most people do, but then... Something will come along that will surprise you or that will, um, you know, catch you off guard or maybe do something that just hits you the right way. And then you'll be like, oh, shit, this is it's fun again. And this is what I want to do. And, you know, I mean, that's kind of um, that's kind of why I am over a lot of games where I just I just don't want to play something I've played a thousand times, but I still do want to play something new. Right. It's kind of like you said, like, um, you know, for you, you haven't played a lot of the dungeon crawlers that we talked about earlier. I played a million of them. And so for me, I'm like, I'm out, but for you it's new. And so that's kind of like, you know, exciting and fresh. Um, I think it's just a temporary thing. I mean, I, I don't, I don't think that anybody our age or afterwards is ever really going to fall out of games completely. I don't think that's a thing that we do. That's like, that's like somebody saying, I watched a bunch of crime movies and they were all the same. So I'm done with movies. Like that sounds crazy, right? Like nobody says I'm done with movies. Nobody says, nobody says, Oh, you know, I watched a sitcom and I was so tired of a sitcom. I'm done with TV. I'm throwing my TV out. No, you don't do that. You just watch a different show or you take a break from TV for a while, but you come back to it when you see something interesting. I think it's the same thing with games. And I think that, I don't think that our people, our culture, our society is ever going to be done with games. It's just going to be like, you know, you need a break. You got to freshen it up a little bit. You got to change your pace a little bit. Mm -hmm. I think that's pretty normal. Well, let me use that analogy real quick, then we'll close it up. Is that when, with movies, I could almost say that I'm over movies. Okay. Me specifically. And I know younger people too uh, with the attention spans. I have the attention span of a younger person. Like I'm, I know I talk like Audie, but I'm like 20 or 25 in my mind. And so, like, it's tough for me to watch a movie. 
And that's why I knock at the cabin, dude. That's like um, you know nine or ten out of, nine out of ten because I don't watch a movie like that. Um, I'll sometimes pause a movie and then go back to it and watch the second oh, half. Yeah. Oh yeah, we do that um, all the time. But the point is that like I could be over movies because it has to be a special ass movie, and so that's why I'm I'm still kind of in that state right now, which is it is temporary. But it, I think it might it might last longer than temporary because it's just like I want the game to come along that's going to get me, just like the good movie that will come along to get me. But I don't need to go back to some other types of games. Like, if I, am I going to play a 2D Metroidvania again? I might not ever play a 2D Metroidvania again. That's and that would be okay. Honest. Like, that would be fine, right? Like, right. maybe you can be done with that particular flavor. Right? Like, I'm kind of done with JRPGs. I don't really think I ever want to come back to those. But that's fine because there's a bunch of other stuff, right? Same for right. you. Maybe you're done with whatever it is that's not floating your boat right now. But then you move on to something else. You find a new flavor, right? But what I'm saying is, and this is, I know, I'm being niching down really quickly. But I'm saying, like, I want the evolution of game like i want the game to keep evolving because if it keeps going back down to the basics that we've already done when you and i were like 12 then i don't want to do those anymore and i think that's the thing that will stick with me if that makes sense all right well that's one to grow on i think (laughs) all right let's end this (laughs) all right long so long that is a show as always we want to get your questions and your comments hit us up so video games podcast at gmail.com. We're also on Twitter at so video games. We're on Instagram as the at so video games podcast. But as you know, you can reach us individually. Carlos, where are we directing your traffic this week? I'm taking a break, a life break from TikTok uh, content creation, making some here and there, but not a lot. I would say I'm going to use this plug uh, for work. Can I do that? Yeah, why not? Work plug? Uh, sure. I don't get any money for it. <laughs> um, but I do. I do really enjoy what we're producing. Uh, it's not just Twitch, right? So people think that I just work for Twitch. I work for the Crown channel. So Crown is actually like uh, Twitch-owned like uh, content that we put out. Okay. And it's like super fun shows. They're all live stream shows. And like we'll get like a professional player that plays. Like we just, I think I talked about um, Sonic Fox being on the show. You did, um, yeah. Yeah, and like, you know, he's best at all fighting games. Sure. Going against a challenger or like, We'll have just people playing Mario Kart or whatever. And they're all like always fun. I don't know if you've ever heard of Gartic Phone. Have you? I don't think so. I had it until the show started. And it's like, uh, you know, the telephone game where like you, you tell somebody something and it changes when you tell yeah. someone else. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But you're drawing. So it's like a Pictionary game mixed with that. Never heard of it. It's wildly fun to watch. So anyways, we did that on the show. And so just check it out. Check out Crown Channel on Twitch. Um, again, it's my j- day job, but I do social media for it and create content around it. And it's just a fun time. So check it out. There you go. Uh, as for me, the same as usual. I'm on all the social media stuff, Instagram, Twitter, co-host, spoutable, whatever. Wherever you want to find me, it is the same all across all those channels. It's my name, B-R-A-D-G-A-L-L-A-W-A-Y. All A's, no O's. And this is going to do it for the epic episode 326. Is that right? I don't know. Yes, it is. 326. Had to end it on a week note there. Sorry, folks. But uh, 326 confirmed. And thanks again for joining us here on the Silver Dames podcast because we'll see you next week. We'll see you next week because we'll see you next week. It doesn't make any sense. I said because. No. We're going on on two and a half hours here. It's a long time. And we're done. done.